This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey player. I idolize Dominic Kaczyk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kaczyk. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as this team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry. I'll hang up and listen. I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth where everything goes and nothing's off limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! Welcome back to episode nine of Two Goalies, One Mike. We got a great show on tap for you. Today, as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Dwayne Stanell. Dwayne, how you doing, kid? Oh, man, I'm just drinking some Broken Skull IPAs here. Ready for some WrestleMania later tonight. I put out a poll earlier. Should Dwayne get blasted tonight while watching WrestleMania without a crowd? It was an overwhelming yes. I can't fucking wait. I'm I'm pumped, man. I'm pumped. After a long week at work, I this is what I need right now. You love to hear it. You love to hear it, but... I'd be remiss if I didn't say this show is going to be dynamite because we are joined by Ty B from Trainwreck Sports and the Crossing Swords podcast, a huge friend of the program and just an overall beautician. Ty, thanks for joining us, kid. Yeah, dude, it's been a long week just like Dwayne. I've just been fulfilling orders like Willy Wonka, making sure Easter happens for a lot of people getting their chocolate. Had to make a stop off at Beltline on my way home, grab some of that double juicy. That's what I'm sipping on. And just like Dwayne, I'm ready to get just a little lubed up and have some fun watching some WrestleMania. Boys, I'm not going to lie. I love where your heads are at. We got a fucking dynamite show on tap. And I'm not a WrestleMania guy, and I'm going to get into it tonight. You, I'm excited. Do you know Do you know who's hosting WrestleMania? Ty, you know who's wrestling. Fucking Gronkowski. Yes, sir. That guy's an electric factory. You know, part of me... Not is very to, intelligent. No, I mean, <laughs> it, it pains me to, you know, give love to an expat, but that guy's just a fucking absolute, just warrior. I love it. I love it. So, it's going to be a great uh, first WrestleMania for me. I mean, it's, it's a shame there's no crowd, <laughs> you know. But, yeah, but that's uh, the one thing, though. Like, people have talked... We'll get into this later in the episode. People have talked about potential major sports coming in with no crowds. I think that takes a lot out of it, guys. What do you think? Oh, wrestling without a crowd, it just isn't the same because if there's any type of sports entertainment that feeds off a crowd, it's that. Like, they feed off the crowd. They live and die by it. Ty, what are your thoughts? Yeah, seriously, especially in wrestling, I think the crowd drives a lot of what happens and it pushes them to go over the top and that's where you really see people succeed and grow those big names like The Rock and Stone Cold, that's where they you know, hit that next level. And it's sort of the same thing when you think about these top elite athletes, these guys who are driven 
whether it's, you know, Jack Eichel or Connor McDavid, LeBron James, it doesn't matter. These top guys, like, they hear the roar of their home crowd, and it gives them that extra fuel, like Eichel against the Maple Leafs. You think about that when the Leafs invade, it's the same sort of thing. You get that heel attitude out of them. All right, dude. Love to see it, and you're not getting that now. Ty, you bring that up. We all are reminded of uh, this past. This it feels like forever ago, but a couple months ago when the home game in Buffalo, when Jack scored and he went right up to the glass. You guys know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Told him to sit down. Sit the fuck. Oh, that's what he did, right? Ty, you know what I'm talking about? That had me fucking fired up, baby. Dude, I went six to midnight in a hurry. That was awesome. No, but hey, you guys both bring up good points. I mean, I never got to play at that level, but, you know, we, we go through our whole lives playing in front of our parents and friends, and then, we, you know, I can't imagine what it's like playing in front of 20,000 people, but even when I went to go play the London Knights, 9,000 people, that was like the fucking, the big leagues for me. As a show. And, and even though I was in their arena, you're right, Ty and, and Dwayne, you feed off of that. And when you take that element out, I wonder if the product's going to, you know, be diminished, but at this point, I'll take whatever I can get. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. Um, I know later on in the show, two boys, we're going to talk about there was the uh, Donald Trump, our, our commander in chief, had a, a conference call <laughs> with the, I think it was all of the major all the major leagues. Yeah. So from, it was yeah. NASCAR, NHL, Gary Benton from the NHL. Um, Manford. Um, Manford from baseball. Adam Silver. Adam Silver, yep. All of them. Goodell. Wouldn't it be fun to be a fly on the wall for that? Oh, or to be in their group chat that was going on live during that conference call. <laughs> <laughs> just carving up the fucking message. Oh, oh, my God. Wow. Just, literally, just literally, they're all in a group chat without Donald Trump, and they're just ripping him to shreds. Like, what the fuck is he even talking about? Like, like I think... You, you got to know there's another one without Gary Bettman, too, because they're like... Hey, oh, yeah. I think this guy knows what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. fuck oh, yeah. Gary. This guy's a fucking loser. I mean, honestly, oh. I think... Adam Silver and Manfred are probably the two most respected out of that group, I'd imagine, right? Hey, when I first saw Silver, I'm like, there's no way this guy is good at what he does. But, man, I got to I gotta commend him. I'm not a big basketball guy. But I do like the way that Silver is able to, you know, not only manage things, but he's a calming presence. And I don't feel like we get that from Batman. No, it, you know, it, 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 you realize how much, how respected he is. Because if you notice, whenever they do something, other sports tend to follow suit mm-hmm. with the NBA. Well, it just goes to show, I think it's the NBA canceled their season and then NHL was, what, a day behind him? Yep. Well, the NHL also shares a lot of the same arenas, which is a huge issue. Yeah. When you think about it, you know, the NBA was already getting confirmed cases at that point. (laughs) You got the same teams going to the same buildings. It just stands to show that there stands the reason that they're likely going to get contaminated as well. And we've seen, you know, a couple cases pop up in the NHL already. Hey, guys, I have a question for you here, okay? We, we talked a little bit about uh, WrestleMania, right? Mm-hmm. If there was a Royal Rumble from everybody that was on the phone call, okay? All the sports commissioners <laughs> and President Trump. So, President Trump spoke by telephone uh, yesterday with commissioners of various sports leagues to discuss the response. So, my question to you is this. I'm going to list off the participants, and I want from you guys your your top three finishers, your dark horse to win, and who you think actually will win. So, here we go. Um, starting us off, uh, the sports czars participating included Gary <laughs> Bettman of the NHL, Kathy Engelbert of the WNBA, Don Garber from Major League Soccer, Roger Goodell... 
from NFL, Rob Manfred from the MLB, Vince McMahon from the WWE. You got to think he has an advantage there, boys. He's Jay Monahan from the PGA Tour, Adam Silver from the NBA, Dana White from the UFC, Roger Penske from IndyCar, Michael Wan from the LGPA, Vince McMahon from the WWE. He's listed twice because he's that imposing. And Drew Fleming from the Breeders' Cup. So, boys, I'm going to tee you up. Who do you got? Who's your top three? I'll let you take, I'll let you start, Ty. All right. So, I'll, I'll start. You know, top three, I think for whatever reason, you get the, the MLS commissioner, Don Garber, out there. He makes it to the top three because he's one of those smaller, slipperier guys. I think Ray Mysterio type. He's just doing whatever he's got to do. He might go through the ropes, but he's not going over them. And he gets there to the top three with Vince McMahon, Dana White. But he's just not able to get over the hump. They toss him out. Vince and Dana and Dana White goes 1-30, to 30, wins this one, tosses him out, goes full Kane style over with the choke slam. I love it. I love it. I got one question for you before I tee up Dwayne. You said that you got Dana White winning over Vince McMahon? Oh, yes. Um, is there any... No doubt. I don't, I, like, when you look at it, you like, there's no doubt. He, like, Dana White is the most in shape. He is a, a specimen. Dude, I don't know, dude. Vince Dana is still White a horse. Vince UFC, is still a horse. Yeah, but here's my question, though, and, and I'm not disagreeing with you, Ty. I, I'm just curious if... what Are, are they playing by WWE rules? Oh, you, you gotta be. You gotta be. Yeah, you gotta be. So, what is 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 um, what's it called? Is Dana White at a disadvantage because he can't I mean, go a real naked choke? He, he, here's the here's the thing. Is oh, no, Vin- but if you choke him out, you just gotta pick him up and throw him on the <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Is is Dana is is Vince McMahon willing to a lot willing to get Dana White over at his own expense? That's the point. That's 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 the question. Interesting. Like, is Interesting. he is he willing to get Dana White Dana White over at his own expense? That that that's the big fucking question. Good call. So <laughs> one last question for you, Ty, before I tee up Dwayne. Who is your dark horse? Let's just say, I know you mentioned Don Garber as being, you know, maybe could sneak in there, but out of, out of the three you didn't list, is there anybody that you think could come in with a surprise performance? Roger Penske, if you're not first, you're last. It's just that, drive, <laughs> that, that driver. Like that. Oh, God. All right, so. Oh, I love so it. Dwayne, for, let for, me have it. Yeah, for me. All right, my, my dark horse is my winner. All right, um. My final three are definitely a thousand percent Dana White, Vince McMahon, and Roger Goodell. But here's the thing: Roger Goodell is such a snake fucking scumbag. He's the guy who's gonna fucking roll under the bottom rope and hide outside the ring, you know, play dead. Uh, I'm trying to think, maybe Ty. I mean, trying to think. I'm, I'm such a huge fucking Mark. Um, I know Jericho used to love him. I love Chris Jericho. He's my top. He's my. He's on my Mount Rushmore of wrestlers. Along he was with, like, my my brother's favorite. Him and Shawn oh, Michaels. Yeah, so him, I, I know who those two guys are. He's up there with Austin Taker and like Hogan for me. But and how I'm, does he compare to the who, who are you talking about? I, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm I'm just saying. Like sometimes when when Jericho was the heel, he would kind of like roll, like you know, kind of play dead. Especially in his older years, he would like last longer in the Rumble just by playing the whole. So you're saying Goodell he, could be this guy? Absolutely. Um, um, Goodell I, I, might actually have some of these other you know dark horses or like the favorites suspended. Roll if, under the ropes, get under the yeah get under the ring. You've seen you've seen this done millions. Oh times. yeah, it was that, even done in the Women's Royal Rumble, and then. I think the girl was like chased out by 
the little uh, what's his guy, the little leprechaun guy. Uh, oh, sh- uh, Hornswoggle, Hornswoggle. Hornswoggle, yeah. This stuff happens all the time, and Goodell is the perfect candidate to do that. I'm right with you, Dwayne. No, yeah. boys, I like it. So, Dwayne, you said your dark horse was your winner. Who's that? Oh, it's the, the final, well, the final two quotations, Mark, in everybody's eyes because everyone's going to forget about it. The final two is going to be McMahon and Dana White. They're going to go back and forth, back and forth. I, however, know that Vince has way too much fucking pride, and he's not going to be the type of guy who's going to put Dana White over. It's going to be it's going to be Vince celebrating what he thinks is the second Royal Rumble win. Um, everybody knows that he did win the Royal Rumble. Um, again, uh, I forget what year it was, but Austin was involved. Um, Stone Cold. Yeah, yep, yep, yeah. Stone. He he beat. He threw threw Austin in a controversial fashion over the top rope. Um, so who to, wins? to win the Royal Rumble, but it, it, it's definitely Goodell because Goodell's gonna slide as Vince is sitting there celebrating like I won, I won, I won. Goodell sneaks back into the rope and fucking tosses him over. Psych! 100%. I'm alive. I'm still in. Yeah, and you're yeah, hundred percent. And he's such a fucking snake scumbag. That's how it goes down. I like it. I like it. Um, Ty, you have anything else to add? No, I I could a hundred percent see Roger Goodell doing that. Like, uh, <laughs> like, when when Dwayne said that, I was just picturing Roger Goodell sneaking out with those little snake eyes. Oh yeah. That son of a bitch. The clown nose. All right, off. You know, just a a sidetrack question. Out of all of these owners, who would you like to punch in the teeth the most? And no, President Trump is not included. (laughs) Probably Gary Bettman. Yeah, Bettman. Thousand percent Bettman because I think he had a. I should be way bigger. Yeah, I I personally think that. I, I, I don't like to be a conspiracy theory guy, but I, I personally like to think after seeing all the shadiness, and I know me and Cully talked about doing a show at some point in the future about the shadiness of the no goal and the days Oh, no, after. we are still doing oh, it. Yeah, We're we doing are, a deep dive. And, Ty, we want you to be a part of that and the train wreck guys because we all have different memories of that, and I think that would be a great show cool. to do a deep dive into that fucking debacle. Oh, just just how that's they literally my That's literally my first memory. Yeah, the yeah, literally. I remember, like, I've mentioned this a couple times. Me too. I was eight, and I, yeah. I, like, I don't remember much around that like time frame. But I remember sitting on the floor. I shouldn't have been up because it was late, right? And we were in like fucking what elementary school. And I remember punching. You know, like the whole what do they call them? Home entertainment centers. What you used yeah. to put your TV, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. your VHS tapes in them. It wasn't truly glass. It was like that plastic, but I thought it was tough, and I punched it. And my mom's like, damn it, John, you're grounded. And then later she's like, no, I understand, son. And that's just <laughs> yeah. Buffalo in a nutshell. I, 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 so who do you got? Did you answer? Oh, Gary Bettman, 1,000%. It, it's like the shadiness that took place like after that, how like I, there, I, there was like a documentary or some type of well, piece You got to remember, too, it. Dallas wasn't like – they weren't like a sustainable hockey market no, at the time. No, no, no. So they needed that. They, they, they absolutely needed Just like Carolina needed to win the cup when – you know, we had a thousand injuries on defense back. So you're then. saying that the Gary Batman infected Jay McKee with a staff infection? No, no I'm, no, I'm no, not. No, I, I no, could no, believe no, that. No, no. But I, I'm just, I'm just. No, stating, I like it. I like I'm it. just stating that there was a lot of shadiness in the aftermath of that emails that were apparently sent um, amongst the league about you know the rule change being be the change to that crease rule actually you know took place before that season even started and just. It was just a ton of shady shit. This is gonna make for a great episode. Yeah, and, Rob, and, and Rob Ray, if um, if you, uh, oh, you 
Rob Ray did an interview one time where he said that he was a healthy scratch and he was down by the glass. And for whatever reason, Ray, Gary Bettman came down near where he was along the glass and waved one of the refs over and they had a conversation. Ray said he wasn't privy to what the conversation was about, but he wasn't, he didn't understand why the commissioner of the NHL during the finals felt the need to call a ref over during a finals game to talk to him in the middle of a game. Good point. Good point. So, Ty, you're 100% in when we do the deep dive into that season? Oh, yeah, and I'm all about conspiracies. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to start digging deep. I'm going to find... I'm going to get deep in the bag and find all the little foot, all the little nooks and crannies into this. I can't wait. I can't wait. Now, i got to tee you up for this. Who do you got? Who are you suckering? Oh, I, I already said Gary Bettman. Oh, Gary you already did say Gary Bettman? Yeah. All right, I got one last oh, thing on this, yeah. and we'll move on, okay? Can you guys bear with me? Yep, let's go. We're going to do kill one, marry one, fuck one, okay? <laughs> and Kathy Engelbert of the only woman on the list, she's out, okay? No, come oh. on. Guys, I'm come sorry. On. I'll go first, okay? Who, who's, who looks most like a woman? I don't know. I kind of have a... I, I got a thing for bald guys, so Dana White... I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh. No, all right, fine. Kill one, marry one, and, you know, just touch tips with one so you don't have to fuck them. Is that fair? Yeah, sure. I, yeah. I know. It's not a comfortable question. So I'm going to kill Gary Bettman, no doubt. Um, I'm going to marry... Ooh, this is tough. I'm going to marry Adam Silver just because I feel like he would take very good care of me and he's a gentleman. You know what I mean? I think yeah. he'd be gentle. That's so fucked up. I'm such a fucking loser. <laughs> and then who am I going tip to tip with? Um, Michael Wan, uh, because not getting stereotypical here, I just feel like I, I'd, I'd probably be the big dog in that fight, you know? So that's where I'm going with that. You guys I, are up. I'm, uh, I'll, I'll go first. I'm definitely killing Batman. Fuck you, Batman. thousand percent. I'm probably marrying Vince McMahon because I'm just a huge WWE mark. Yeah, the perks on that. That's a great call. Yeah, yeah. He would hook it up. Yeah, absolutely. And and you, you get a double dip in the XFL, too. Which Oh, I forgot about that. Um, what a dark horse. Yep, and then I'm, I'm going with Cully and Michael Wan with the uh, commissioner of the LB, LPGA Tour. Definitely think that I'd be the man in that relationship, possibly, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, This, this conversation's got so off the rails, throw, I love throw, it. Throw the blonde wig on and let's go. All right, you're up. What do you got, Ty? Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mix it up a little bit. I'd, I'd kill Michael Wan. A woman should be in charge of the LPGA. That's their tour. Um, I'm going to marry Dana White, big UFC fan. If I get front row to all that, if I can sit cage side, Dude, those are I would take all those perks no matter what. And I'm touching tips with Gary Bettman. Just to show him he's got a tiny... Oh, I love it! Oh, I love it! Maybe. Maybe. Baby Dick Gary. Maybe. He'll learn his place in society. Don't fuck with Buffalo. Hey, when that happened, when you did touch tips with him, me and Dwayne would pop out of the back and just start chanting, Needle Dick! Needle Dick! Needle Dick! (laughs) No, guys, I'm sorry to put you in that position, but I thought you guys' answers were great. I obviously am the loser in all this. You guys made some great points. Um, but on to your point, Ty, I've never gotten to see a UFC event live, but fuck do they ever look cool, man. Yeah. Being ringside for some of those would be dynamite. Uh, yeah, I've been, I went to UFC Rochester, great time. Um, I saw one of my buddies was fighting uh, professionally for a little bit. I saw him fight in Ohio and actually got to sit ringside second row. And to see knockouts that close, absolutely unreal. You know, it's just like when you're right on the glass, when you're seeing 
a great heavyweight bout, whether it's, you know, Ray Domi or whoever. It's it's just that same thrill, but just over and over again all night long. Yeah, dude. I uh my my, my one of my favorite fights of this year for sure, I think was uh was it Usman and Covington? Did you watch that one? Oh yeah, they just beat each other up literally five Well, rounds. I mean by the end of the fight Usman beat the fuck out of Covington. Up. And you know what, man? I'm not not oh, yeah. to, not not to be political about it and that, but I, I wanted Covington to get this fucking face cut. Covington. Covington's the big Trump shit. supporter. It's, Covington, it's all it's all a stick. It's yeah. yeah but am yeah. I getting that right? He Covington was the guy that Yes, yes, he does that on purpose. Oh yeah, he's like trying to get those people. He, what on his what side did you? No one else is on his side because no one likes him. But I, like, no one likes him even more now because. Oh, but now he uses that as an excuse why people don't like him. Well, here, here's yeah, the yeah. It, it, like, who did he walk to the fuck? Who, 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 who did he, he walked up with a politician? Right? What's her face? Uh, who was with him? I can't fucking remember. Either um, way, though, I mean, it's I don't a, know, but Donald Trump Jr. was. Like front row for yep, one of his Oh, and they were like, retweeting his stuff and shit. I remember yeah, that. Like, it, I, but it's all it's all his stick. Like, it, literally, his own team hates him. He's not even allowed to train at America Top Team, which is one of the best gyms in the entire world. While other people are there, Jorge Masvidal wants to beat the shit out of him. And that's a scary oh, human oh, being, oh, yeah, dude. He is, man. Kill him. I uh, so like he has to literally have private sessions there. It's it's absolutely unbelievable what he's done and ostracized himself and within his own community well, of sport, which is unbelievable because normally it's a uniting factor. Most of these guys have mutual respect, except for people who are absolute phonies like so him. You make a great point, Ty. And, and listen, I, I, I asked Dwayne that we, we, we don't make this show political, but everything we've said is fine. What, what bothers me about Covington is this. You can support your president without being as loquacious and like he was just over the top with it right oh and and to me that's just explains the type of piece of shit he is because i'm sure that there's multiple people you know that that support you know donald trump but they're not as vocal about it right and it doesn't become a problem yeah right we're all entitled to our own political opinions it's not even that he's vocal about it it's the way that he sells all of it it's just flamboyant genuine you could tell he's trying to be a heel he's trying to do WWE type stuff when that was never his thing coming up. No, he right. So he's yeah, he's so being phony. He tried to do it just to get fights, just to get a you know a, a better look, which it did work for him. He got a chance at the title. He thought he should be the champ, but he wasn't able to do it, and he got his ass kicked. Didn't he get a shit pump? Just goes to show what happened. Well, yeah, dude. He, well, In the title he, fight, he, didn't he get a shit pump? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but with Usman, um, like, if you know the backstory on him. He's he's an, he was an immigrant who came to this country. He, in my opinion, I don't know if you agree with me. He's the definition of the American dream. Like he came here, he worked hard, he made he made a name for himself, and you know he became a household name in UFC. Um, he's an inspirational story, he, man. Absolutely, inspirational story. And, and Cummington's is a piece of dog shit. Absolutely, and like the the thing of it is, I remember listening to a lot of interviews with Usman. He's just like I I've, I've never he said I've never wanted to knock somebody out more than I want to knock him out. The guy was showing up to conferences with, with, with the MAGA hat on, this that. He was like shoving it in in Usman's face. Yeah, like, that's you know, that's fuck, no good. You know, like you know, like fuck you, dude. I, I I'm a Donald Trump supporter. You're an immigrant. You're an immigrant. You weren't like you weren't born. That's here. wrong. Fuck you. That's wrong. That's what I hated so much about Covington. It was just like, dude, like he's more of an American. American than you are, you fucking pile of shit. 
Yeah, and you know what? I, I, I hate to cut it short. I want to move on, but you guys have brought up some good points, and I just think it serves Covington right that the way he went about it, listen, it's fine if you support Donald Trump. It is. But it don't is. do that in the way that you're, you're just asking for trouble, and guess what? He asked for it, and he fucking got and it. And Covington cried like a yep. fucking baby and, and blamed the ref for stopping the fight. No. Oh, when buddy, he clearly, if he, the ref he didn't stop the fight, he would have been dead. He's clear, he clearly got fucking dummied and de- you know deserved that TKO. No, I love it, boys. That's a great. It's a great way to start the show. Uh, I'm gonna run through what we got coming up, and we'll get into some of our segments. So, um, one of the new segments we're debuting is gonna be called "Stirring the Pot." For those that aren't familiar with the term, "stirring the pot" can be used in a bunch of different ways. Uh, think of your your NHL agitator, Brad Marchand, stirs the pot quite often. Likes people. Loves. Well, yeah, that was yeah. Not, there's no eh, yeah about it. He did it multiple times. <laughs> so our, our "stirring the pot" segment will cover. You know, it'll be an open-ended conversation on any and all going controversies, altercations, any mic'd up content we get. Because um, Drew Drew Doughty's mic'd up content is going to be electric. He's stirring the pot oh, yeah, constantly. You know, players making controversial comments to the media or on ice fights, face washes, scrums like that. That's what we're going to be covering. But this week, later on the episode, we're going to be debu- debuting stirring the pot, and it's going to be about Robin Leonard and his comments. Um, to the media about the NHL and them resuming the season. So we'll get to that in about a half an hour. That'll be fun. I would love for you guys to let us know what you think about stirring the pot and any ideas going forward for that. Outside of that, we have at the very end of the episode, for all you Office fans, uh, Dwayne is going to be releasing his top three Office episodes, and we are going to submit a uh, you know a poll, a submission for our fans to submit their top three. And next episode, we will be battling it out is it Dwayne's top three or is it the audience's top three so yeah. all you office fans out there please tweet at Dwayne at kid cully 33 yo <laughs> for are you an office tight. guy ty well he clearly oh, is for sure. okay do you, you want to be a part of this ty i would love to i'd love oh, that I, 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 I gotta be a part of it okay Fucking so you're, right. you're Sign right Oh, dude, so, I, Ty, I need your top three i need your top three i need Dwayne's top three and then we're going to open it up for our fans it's hard to give his first while I pull up an episode list. It's hard to get. It's hard to do top three. Obviously, in my top three, but besides that, it's gonna be tough. Yeah, no, yeah, you got time. You got time. We're gonna we're gonna take a break, and then you know when we come back, we'll we'll, uh, I'll give you guys time to do it. But um, that's gonna be towards the end of the episode. Uh, Moving on, we have the return of Ask Dwayne, Ask Cully, and Ask Ty. We got some fucking dynamite questions this week, Um, so we're really looking forward to that. and, you know, a disappointing note in what's going on in the world today, it's it's the, the Condre Miller scandal. For those of you that, that have been living under a rock or haven't heard, um, there was absolutely disgusting comments, remarks made. Uh, Keandre Miller went on through the New York Rangers. Uh, he was on Zoom talking to the fans. The Rangers let in the first 500 fans. One of those 500 fans decided to post the absolute most disparaging, disgusting comments using a derogatory slur over and over and over again. There's yeah, no room for that in hockey. There's no room for that in, in life itself. We're going to be getting to that. We have some, um, you know, we have the the statements made by the NHL, by the Rangers, and some of you know hockey's insiders, you know, touching on that. That's a sensitive topic, but we'd be remiss if we didn't cover that. Um, also. Uh, coming up towards the end of the episode two, we have possible draft scenarios. Uh, there was an article that came out today that one of the athletic writers simulated uh, the rest of the season, and that had the Sabers finishing with the third 
best odds to win the lottery pick, meaning we finished third last in the league. Uh, that doesn't guarantee us the third overall pick. I think that means we pick no no later than eighth. I mean, we 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 got. Am I guy, right there, yeah, guys? Yeah. What do you think, Ty? If you finish, it'll be. It's it's tough. Like I don't I don't think the Sabers would have necessarily fallen that far because of the way that they were still kind of competing. Right. You had Jack. It looked like he was fighting an injury, but he was still giving it his full go as much as he could. Um, I don't think they would have fallen that far, but I think they would have probably been bottom five. I agree. I agree. But for our exercise, we're going to be assuming that the Sabres will be picking anywhere from three to six, and you'll be hearing from Dwayne, Ty B, and myself about who our selections would be. Um, outside of that, uh, a couple of uh, a couple of good things to finish with. Uh, let me ask you this, Ty: Have you been teeing into the uh, the Sabres Classic games? Um, just a few of them, not a ton because of how much I've been working right now. I'm in the same boat, buddy. Um, I've only got to catch a a couple of them, but luckily our co-host Dwayne here has absorbed them all uh, and that's why we love him. Uh, so he's going to, he's going to walk us through all of those. Um, but like I said, guys, we got a a jam packed show. We are extremely lucky to be joined by our friend of the program and just an overall great guy. Um, real quick, this is for all you essential employees out there that worked the hard this week. Wet. This is for you guys. Listen. Oh, that's, that's such a sexy noise. Um, all right, guys, <laughs> let's get to it. All right. So the first thing I want to talk about is this Condre Miller story. All right. So just a little background, and then I'll open it up for you guys. Um, a Zoom call between the New York Rangers prospect Condre Miller and 500 Rangers fans turned ugly when an unknown person abused the chat function to pr- repeatedly direct a racial slur at the 20-year-old. And that racial slur, just so everybody knows, is the N-word. A word that is just, there's no place for it. Um, just in life. I mean, it's not. Just so life. just a little bit of background on, on Miller, and then I'll open it up for you guys with uh, the comments from you know Brian Burke and Frank Savelli. Uh, the Rangers took the defenseman's second, 22nd overall in the 2018 NHL draft. He played for the University of Wisconsin, a powerhouse team um, from 2018 to 2020 with a bunch of other NHL draft picks. He also played for Team USA at the 2019 World Junior Hockey Championships and scored a big goal, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. uh, to tie one of the games up. Yeah. Miller then signed a three-year entry-level deal with the Rangers on March 14th. And... Um, Hem, uh, give me a break on this one. Hermel Yaveri. Go ahead, read it. Uh, you know, of For the Win, speculated the incident may have been another example of what people call Zoom bombing, where bad faith actors access the chats for the sole purpose of posting hate speech and or pornography. Um, Taylor Renz and Davy Alba of the New York Times wrote, that Zoom has become a target for harassment and abuse coordinated in private off-platform pl- off chats. Some breaking news is the practice has become so prominent the FBI issued a release on it, writing in part the that FBI the organization has received multiple reports of conferences being disrupted by pornographic and or hate images and threatening language, and they will be investigating the case on behalf of the Rangers. Zoom will also be making changes in the very near future to its privacy policies, per Josh Constein of TechCrunch. The company company will mandate passwords for entrances to calls through meeting ID. Furthermore, the waiting room option will now be on by default, forcing hosts to manually admit attendees. Before I tee it up for you guys about uh, what everything else, uh, you know, what the, the, the hockey writers have said, Brian Burke and them, 
the past, the last two things we read about how they could make these changes, why the fuck wasn't that in place to begin with? It, it's, it, it, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy how common sense things are like done right from the go. Um, like things like, like this, but what they're implementing now, um, it's, it's, it's common sense that this should have been something that should have been implemented from the start and it shouldn't take something like this for this to happen. Well, well, let's, it's a common sense that these need to be implemented. It's just more of the fact that it's, it's just, it goes to show what we have in our society right now and some of the issues we are, you know, facing, um, that people feel the need to do these type of things and that we have to go to the lengths that it's like you feel it should be common sense that to put these you know things in place so that people aren't allowed to do these disgusting these things. safeguards like, yeah this happened this also happened you know in the um analytics night in canada the same exact thing happened wait can you can you fill me in it's, it's absolutely disparaging so um i forgot exactly who it was but they put together a hockey analytics night in canada a big Zoom call, over 150 people, I believe, were in there, and they were recording a little bit to share with the rest of the community, and, you know, someone decided to do the same exact sort of thing, Fuck. and they had to close it all down, and then they ended up being just recording the last couple segments, and it, it's just absolutely horrible that it's we have sad, to man. deal with that right now in well, a game that... We always talk about it's supposed to be for everyone, and we know, especially with hockey, there's cost constraints. But it, we we have you know the examples of Willie O'Ree, and we have the things like Hasek's Heroes, and, and these things now where we're trying to expand the game to people who wouldn't normally have had the access to it, and these things are taking us right back to where we were before. It's taking one step forward and two steps back, and we just. You just hate to see it, and I'm glad the FBI is actually getting involved, and I hope they actually have to face the penalties for that. Fucking right. on that note, needed that. Yeah. Had to crack another one. Oh, I love it. I love it. it. You know, you kind of teed me up there, because I'm, you know, obviously people who, you know, heard, you know, the rant, um know that I work for, you know, Dominic Hashik's foundation, Hashik's Heroes, and, like, I'm very uh, involved with, you know, their weekly on-ice uh, on ice practices. And this year we had our very first uh, – we had two teams, actually, this year, um, a Cavs team and a Riverside team um, for the first time ever, and we played a lot of mole teams from the area. And, um, like, the, just the extent that foundation goes, for, especially for the inner-city kids and kids from, from underprivileged backgrounds who – because you get um, to deal with them all the time for Hashik's Heroes, right? Oh, hundreds of kids. And, and if they I, were to if they were to hear that, like that could be it for them. Oh, absolutely, man. And that's the, that's why it's 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 so it hits it hits me right in the heart because you know I, I deal with ki- you know people you know you know I I don't, I don't think this is the word it the wrong way but people children of color. Um, no, I think that's okay. Yeah, you know, uh, all the time, and you know. I see, I see the types of backgrounds they come from and, you know, it, you know, the type of hardships they have. Um, you know, obviously, it's not their fault. Um, a lot of people are born no, in the situation. You know, I, I, and I was, too, you know, with my mother, you know, raised by a single mother. My dad was involved, but, you know, my, me, my mom used to work three jobs sometimes, if, you know, to keep food in front of me. And um, so I'm very apathetic towards what they empathetic. go Empathetic. Empathetic, yeah. Uh, yep. yep, towards what they go through. Um, but 
it's you know seeing like it, it really just said it in his face if you've seen the video because he was so visually was uncomfortable just, oh, so hey it was, real quick props to him he yeah. handled it like such a fucking pro oh my god i man. can't imagine the fucking mental strength you have to have to not just hey i probably would have broke down in tears or just shut it down and the oh, fact yeah. that he battled through that guys he's fucking 19 years old 20 years old like that's incredible yeah it's and and this is coming right off the akeem alu thing barely what like six seven eight months ago like where the, so he, he did he did he did post a tweet um, yeah uh, we'll get to that in a minute yeah, we go will. ahead sorry it's just it's just like you know having been been through the life i've been through and then obviously working with this foundation and seeing what i've seen and just, just the, these kids are just just they really brighten up your day because they show up to the rink and this is their escape from reality whether it's school you know, problems at home or school and then to see a kid who you know worked his ass off his entire life to get to where he is to get drafted twenty six with twenty second overall is twenty second overall by the Rangers. Yep. And then just this, you, you see the starting the smile on the kid's face the day he got drafted, and then just like this fucking pile of shit. Whoever it is, I hope I they they I I they better be brought they, to justice. Yeah, they better be. And just this the look of the look of just. Dumb, he's dumbfounded as I can't, given this interview. Nobody should ever be subjected to that. Um, so, guys, we are going to... You know what? This is it's, it's a tough situation to deal with. I would like to, to cover some of the uh, some of the responses. So, Dwayne, tee us up first. We got Frank Saravelli. He's a prominent hockey writer in the NHL. What do we got? All right, well, the NHL and the New York Rangers issued statements condemning the vile individual who hijacked the virtual chat with racial slurs today between... Keandre Miller and fans introducing him to the organization. I mean, we like we said earlier, he's the uh, first overall, well, the first overall, the first round pick. Um, played for Wisconsin. Um, you know, had a, you know had a had a great year. Um, but it, it's um, yeah, perfect. Um, <laughs> Ty, you got here's here's one that I like because I, yeah. I I hated Brian Burke when he I don't know about you guys I hated yeah. Brian Burke when he was in the league I love him now. So fire hey, me up. I'm, I'm the same exact way. Fire me up, Ty. I've listened to a bunch of Hockey Central now, and I'm, I'm going to give this my best my best Berkey. Oh, I love my, it. My sincere apologies to K. Andre Miller and his family. These disgusting, cowardly, racist attacks on K. Andre Miller embarrassed the entire hockey community. K. Andre, K. Andre the NHL community cannot wait to officially welcome you. We are so happy to have you. Couple clicks for you, man. That was an incredible Berkey. Um, all right, this is from Ian Pulver, who has bounced around between a few agencies, but this has been a guy that's been, you know, a big time power broker in the NHL. I had the pleasure of meeting him once, hoping to sign with him. He told me to kick rocks, then I suck. So, um, Ian Pulver, he said yesterday, a gutless coward posted racial slurs directed towards our client, Keandre Miller. This action was disgusting and reprehensible and something no one should have to endure. The Will Sports Group stands in full support of Keandre Miller, his family, and two goalies, one Mike. <laughs> All right, Ty, you got rear ads. Hey, big friend of the program, rear ads. Not really, though. Hey, rear ad, gambling corner, yeah. Oh, oh I got to read the tweet. <laughs> <laughs> I sure hope the Rangers and Zoom do everything they can to catch the fucking asshole, parentheses, because it could have been two or more. 
who attacked Keandre Miller with racist bullshit during a Zoom call today. Absolute fucking scumbag, parentheses, S, because it could have been more than one, who should be publicly shamed and barred from NHL events forever. Forever. In our best squints voice. Um, hey, that was absolutely though. electric, Ty. All right. Um, I got Akeem Alou, you know, at Dreamer Alou. Can I tell my story? Yeah, go ahead. He's no, got a, I don't know if that's no, radio appropriate. I mean, it's Kalyapur appropriate, though. Let's just say that I uh, I was I was in the same uh, agency as Akeem Alou. I got this chance to skate with him. This was right after... Uh, this was in his first year pro, like right before all this shit went down with the Colorado yep. Thunderbirds. Uh, this guy was a stud. And it was just me, him, and one other guy in the locker room. So, like, not a lot going on. And he didn't talk to me at all. But when he geared down, let's just say I thought I was looking at a baby's arm holding an apple. But, um, <laughs> no, Akeem, he was good to me, dude. He helped me in a bunch of ways. I, I'm just proud the way he's able to handle everything. The guy's a stud in more ways than one. I'll leave and honestly, that. if anyone ever literally, like, verbally assaulted him, he could actually physically... Oh, my God, this guy's a whore. He would kill somebody. He could, Well, but he could physically assault him with his penis, is what he, you're saying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It'd be five to ten. We got two more coming up. But, like, I gotta, let me let me read uh, what Akeem Alou... Uh, oh, you didn't read what he said yet? No, you got excited about it. Oh, sorry, I, I went six to midnight. <laughs> um, we should applaud the swift response from the NHL and New York Rangers. I mean, I'll laugh at the swift response from the Rangers. We'll get to that. Condem- I mean, the hate crime directed at Keandre Miller by a racist coward. Keandre is a superstar and brave beyond belief and deserves all of our support. Here for you, brother, and our duty to fight racism and hate together. I like um, that from we, him, man. We all remember what happened to Akeem Alou, you know, the blackface incident. It was just... Oh, dude, I, it started way before that. Well, yeah, but yeah, I, 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 yeah, I know, but like, I remember that picture with the guy in blackface. That made me like want to throw up. Yeah, just... Uh, you, you could tell Lou didn't want to be there, and he was forced into that situation and pressure. Todd, you know the picture we're talking about? Do you know the yep. picture we're talking? Dude, do you remember just? I just remember yes, seeing sir. his face, and he was so like. He just looked so uncomfortable. Yes, dude. It was the same face, same exact face, Andrew Miller had. Yeah. yeah. Well said, man. Well and said. Same expression. To, to these fucking nozzles who out go out there and just like try and downplay what this is, it, it, it's ridiculous because at the end of the day. We, me, you, Cully will never know what it's like to walk a day in their shoes nope. and to have that look on their face that they had. Yeah. We'll never know. No, we won't. And uh, well said. We got we got two more to finish it up, all right? And this is uh, – I'll read the one from the NHL. So the National Hockey League today released the following statement. The National Hockey League is appalled at a video call arranged today by the New York Rangers to introduce the fans to one of their league's in- incoming stars, Keandre Miller, was hacked with racist, cowardly taunts. The person who committed this despicable act is in no way an NHL fan and is not welcome in the hockey community. No one deserves to be subjected to such ugly treatment and it will not be tolerated in our league. We join with the Rangers in condemning this disgusting behavior. Dwayne, before I tee you up for the Rangers' response, um, I do... Listen, the NHL has dropped the ball on a ton of this stuff, right, fellas? Oh, for sure. I think that they they did the right thing here. I, I appreciate their comment. I know it's just words, but like just this, just unifying. We wouldn't have seen this four or five years ago, right? No, no, no. So I think it's 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 we're trending well, in the right direction, and and the fact that you know if enough people can call out this gross behavior, then maybe more people will realize that they're disgusting bigots and to keep their thoughts to themselves or to seek counseling. Yeah, I uh, 
it's, you know, I thought the NHL handled the Akeem Alou situation very well, creating that, like, anonymous hotline for anybody who has something to report. Um, they, they, they were That's pretty... a tough situation to be put it, into. It is, I it like is. the way they handled I, it. I, honestly, I can't, I can't you know, relate to that and being put in that situation. Um, I don't know about you, Ty, but that that's a tough that's a tough situation to to handle. <laughs> Ty, I think it's I think the NHL did a great job, especially you see these other teams who had issues that were brought up about their own coaches, and they addressed them immediately. But I think they took proactive steps, and that's exactly what you want to see from this league. And it seems like they are being proactive about what's happening with this game, Andre Miller situation. So let's hope that we're able to stomp these sorts of things out. Well said. Well said. Last one, and then we'll move on. And uh, before we do this, Dwayne, you had a little bit of a problem with how long it took the Rangers to, 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 to put this out. And I completely agree with you. My only, my only devil's advocate point on this is, and I could be wrong, is nobody's work. They're not all in their offices. They're all working remotely, right? Correct. I think that might have contributed to why it took so long. Not excusing their behavior. I'm just saying that might have contributed it. Would have loved to see them come out a little bit sooner. Um, but I think they just want to get their facts in, in, in a row. But still, they at least came out with it. So before you read the comment, are you okay with what they said? Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm fine. I'm, I'm more than okay with what they said. It's just, and anybody who, who, know, who knows me knows that, you know, I love I love to create a PR nightmare for anybody who I disagree with. No, I never knew. <laughs> never knew. Never knew. But uh, you know, no, they at least handled it the right way. They they they, they did. Um, but I just I don't understand how it takes you five fucking hours to just make a general statement about. I the think situation. here's my hypothesis. Ty, tell me if you think I'm way off base. Maybe they thought they could catch the individual responsible before they put out the statement. But, wouldn't wouldn't that have made like? Well, here's here's my thing. Is all you have to do is say, we are aware of what happened during the Zoom interview with Keandre Miller. We in no way, shape, or form condone the, the rhetoric that was used yeah. during said interview. Literally, yeah. Um, and then come out after. And then and we, 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 PR department. Yeah, and we will, be, we will be making a statement later today once we have more facts on the situation. Fair enough. You're absolutely That's right. That's literally all it takes. No, you're and right. what that says, right. right. says to Keandre Miller, hey, you're part of our family. We love you. You know, you're a ranger. We have your back. Um, but you I came point? out. I came out with a fucking statement. Before no, that was it. It was beautiful. Rangers did. Like it was. Well, because just... I brought this up to Dwayne in a group text, and I said maybe they're just trying to get it. And you came out with that, and I, I said, you know what, you're they right. They were blo- and they you're were right. blocking replies, which I get why you're blocking replies. But yeah. if you have the ability to block a reply during, you know, that because it was the tweet. I want to say one other thing though, just in their defense, I guess because of what's going on right now with everything. I don't think any of their, you know, PR people and all that are necessarily working, you know, at, you know, headquarters. They're probably all working from home. They might not all be necessarily right on top of everything all right. the time. Right. Um, so I get it where, you know, you might have to be doing a little digging where it takes a little, but you could still at least, you know, just make a general statement. Yeah. Statement they... where, you know, we're looking into it. We yeah. know what happened. We're looking into it. And we're reporting, you know, to the whatever we have to report to, and we, you know, stand with Keandre, and you know, we're going to do whatever we can to figure, you know, get to the bottom of this. Mm-hmm. That's, that's all you really need to do. But you know, I get where it is. Like, you don't want to do anything, especially because this is going to become a criminal investigation. No, and and Ty, that was my only point. Um, that maybe it, that they didn't have this initial response because of the situation in place. But I also see Dwayne's point too. Uh, I think we spent enough time on it. Uh, 
But Dwayne, why don't you read uh, read the the Rangers' final response? Because I think they did a good job when they finally did yep. address it. It's at the end of the day, it's all about having Keandre's back, and that's that was my biggest thing is you got to have his back. Um, but the, the the statement, the official statement from the Rangers is: We held an online video chat with fans and New York Rangers prospect Keandre Miller, during which a vile individual, I think vile is an understatement, a vile individual hijacked the chat to post racial slurs, which we disabled as soon as possible. We were incredibly appalled by this behavior, which has no place online, on the ice, or anywhere, and we are investigating this matter. And as we mentioned earlier, the FBI is involved. So, you know, all in all, guys, I, I, I'm happy that we were able to include some of the responses because I think, I think it's powerful to, to show that the hockey community sticks together. There's no room for shit like this. Yeah. Um, I, you know what would be interesting? If this would have happened in normal, like, in normal times, I would like to see if they would have responded quicker. Yep. Um, but like you guys both made great points on it. And it's a like, disgusting act that has no room in this game. I'm happy to see the hockey community come together, though, boys, in, in a unifying voice to condemn these actions. And you know, and a lot of players came forward too. Uh, Truba made was one of the first ones to make a statement. Oh yeah, we didn't get we didn't have uh, enough time to go through everything, yeah. guys. But there was a and, ton of outpouring support. And D'Angelo, who in himself is a very controversial uh, person, because if anyone knows his history. He too was suspended in the OHL for using racial slurs on the ice. Who so, is that? Uh, D'Angelo. Was it? Uh, yeah, I actually D'Angelo? played one year in the league with him. Yeah, you do. You, you, we all know. Cully played. No, I, I was just going know. to say that he had a bad put, rep. He was this mouthy. He he was this mouthy, cocky son of a bitch. Yep. And he's he been. Was, I I wonder what the, you know. You bring up a good point. I wonder what that locker room is going to be like, because D'Angelo is an outspoken Trump supporter. And um, very outspoken. I, I like I said, I don't want to turn this into a politics show, but I just wonder. You know, I would hope that Tony reached out to him. Yeah, because you know, again, he has a history. I, I know he was. Dude, suspended. he's a fucking rat. Tony's he, a fucking he, rat. He was. He, he was suspended once for eight games in the O. I believe he played for Sarnia. What's well, an automatic eight gamer for any I want to say. I, I almost want to say he was suspended for two games. Um, no, I, eight games. Oh, you mean two times? Two, two times. Yeah, I'm sorry, two times, yes. I want to say he was suspended twice for the same, something generalized the same thing. Are you going to look I, it I'm up? I'm going to look it up right now. While he's looking this up, Ty, when I, I'll tell you a funny story. I was in Kingston my second year in the league, and you know how each team in the OHL is allowed two import players? Yes, sir. So, you know how, like, you call, like, Russians are Ruskies and Europeans, we call them Euros, right? And you don't think that's a bad term? No, that's, that's just like a general thing. Like, I'm... I'm Polish as hell, and people call me a Polak all the time. Right, right, and I'm I'm Irish. People call me a Mick, but I thought the term Euro was a little bit less bad. But our fighter in Kingston, his name was Cloutier, and man, like uh, you know the what was that movie? It was called uh, there was like a character, Simple Jack, Tropic Thunder. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. So we used yeah. to call his nickname Cloutier's nickname was Simple Clooch. Just you know, you can get the you can get the reference, right? Very tough guy, not the smartest, not the sharpest crayon in the box, right? So there was a fight. No, probably not. So there was a fight. Us against, Kingston against Ottawa, and Ottawa had a great team. Uh, Dalton Smith, you guys know the guy. The guy that Saber signed. Yeah. Yep. So uh, Cloutier uh, fought yep. Dalton, Dalton Smith, and then afterwards he got into it with somebody else. And right in front of the ref, Kluch just said, shut up, you Euro. The guy's name was Ty Mirovich. He's not even European. <laughs> and Kluch got eight <laughs> games for calling this guy a Euro. Oh, man. But it just goes to show you that it was an automatic eight gamer. And I don't disagree with it. You, it like, listen, if you're going to call a guy a Euro or anything, I don't condone any of that. 
I think Euro is probably like the safest one out of any of them. I don't take offense to it, but it is what it is. I'm just saying, like, that's an automatic eight gamer. And uh, I, I applaud them for suspending him, but that effectively ended his OHL career because this guy was hanging on by a thread. He was a fighter. And this is in the time where, you know, if you're going to be a fighter, you need to be able to play, right? We've seen that tie in the NHL. You, you don't have the guys that can just oh, fight. Yeah. Even the guys that can fight need to be able to play minutes. Like Ryan Reeves, as much as he's a, the heavyweight of the league, the guy can still play valuable minutes, you know? Oh, he can, he can still skate. He can still put the puck in the net when he needs to. Exactly. And he can move guys around, and he can possess the puck, too, as well, which is that modern game. Um, and that's why so many of these guys are getting phased out because they've been you know taught so long, just dump and chase, like keep it out of your own zone, play defensively. But that's not what works really now. Like No, it's all possession. Puck, it's all – we don't want to piss away the puck. That's why, yeah, that's why we've seen, you know, the log line do so well in a, in a fourth-line role because these guys understand possession, whereas most other fourth-liners don't. So, Ty, when we have you on next episode and we do the, the, the season recap once it's officially, officially over – I'd love to pick your brain about that because you just made a great point about the log line. Do you remember early on in the year, everybody was calling for their heads? Like, why are they still here? I just feel like there were so many people that hated on Larson. And granted, guys, I was never a huge fan I of him. I hated Larson the year before. Fuck, hated if him. they weren't our most effective bottom six line in, in the maybe in the league, the there past were games, games? The, there were games where they're the best line on the ice. 100%. And how, and how often can you say that? For the first, like, 20 games in the season, they were, like, top three, like, most efficient lines in the entire league. They had that little Which bit of drop-off. When the team struggled, you know, I, I completely agree, Ty. You had, you had some injuries too. Right, um, so they kind of got broken like, up, but they bounced back, didn't they? Oh, they did, and they still played a great a great game, you know, coming down to, you know, where the season stopped. And you look at it's just sort of these guys who are all on the same page, understanding what you need to do, hem the team in deep, possess the puck, and when as soon as they get it back, it put pressure on them force them to make a pass and trust your guys to beat where they are, they're going to pass right into one of your teammates because they're breaking right when they need to be. And it's similar to when you're in zone coverage uh, in the NFL. Like, you're trusting where your guys are so that you're maintaining where your spot has to be. They're maintaining their spots, and you get great possession out of a fourth, you know, a third, fourth line. And that's exactly what we've been hankering for for years. Right, we haven't had that. got it, and people are still complaining. Right, and hey, I'm going to make one quick point and then tee up Dwayne for this because, Ty, I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, they, They not only, you know, did a great job defensively, but possessing the puck, how fun was it to watch them as a third, fourth line possess the puck in the offensive zone? Like, their cycle was pretty. Oh, it was absolutely beautiful hockey just to watch them pin people deep, get the puck back, and then just move it around, cycle it behind the net, front of the net, uh, to be able to involve the defensemen. It didn't matter who was out there with them. It just seemed like they had great chemistry with the entire team, and that's exactly what you want. And I don't know about you, Dwayne, but I loved it. Oh, for sure. It, 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 like like I said, the law. I want to see him back next year. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I hated Larson the year before. I hated I, him too, boys. I hated him so much. I thought you could find a Larson on really anywhere in your in your farm system. You didn't have to keep a guy around like him around. But he's proved his worth. He he did he did. I, I'll give him that. That whole line proved their worth. And 
Um, I was hard on Jurgensen too. As much as people hate paying Akposa what they pay him, fuck it, I like it, man. You know, I, you know, I'll take him in my bot um, on my bottom line for, to do what he does. For I sure. think he's a warrior for what he's been through. I'll leave it at this. Um, I but I think he does a lot more behind the scenes than we realize. But uh, great points by all of you. Moving on, Dwayne, you had mentioned uh, something about Tony D'Angelo and his prior suspensions. Fire it up. Yep, and it was actually a team suspension. Um, you know, Trevor Latowski and Sarnia. Suspended him for eight games, and it's not the first time a player has been suspended by Latowski, and it won't be the last. The situation, though, has been cloudy, with Latowski dancing around why exactly he's decided to sit the highly touted NHL draft prospect. Um, these clouds part on you know parted at the time when the Ontario Hockey League announced that they had suspended the native of. New Jersey, eight games for violating the league's harassment, abuse, diversity policy. It's the second time this season the 18-year-old has been suspended for contraventing the rule which attempts to keep homophobic, racist, sexist, and other derogatory language used by small minds out of the game. And this is this is where it really irks me about this suspension because it wasn't directed at an opposing player. It was directed at a teammate. That's even which, fucking worse. It's just even worse. Um, it, 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 you know, and I, like I said, we're not going to get political here about who he supports. If you want to support Thank the you. president, you can support the president. It's fine. Whatever. I think this is a character issue. Um, it, this is it was definitely a character issue. I'm happy he came out with a statement supporting uh, Kamar, but Kamar. Um, Keandre? Keandre, sorry, sorry, Keandre. I apologize. Harold and, Harold and Kumar? Harold and Kumar. Harold and Kumar Keandre, try out for the Rangers? Keandre Miller and um, we can edit that out. <laughs> the Kumar part. No, but hey, you said Trevor um, Lutowski was their coach? Kamaru uh, Usman. <laughs> <laughs> that's fucked. Uh, that, that's what did the, you mention that Trevor Lutowski was the coach? Yes, Trevor Lutowski. So Lutowski's. guys, he was my assistant coach in Sarnia. Like I said, I was, I was there before he got there. He's such a fair guy. Yeah. If he can keep anything internal, he would. So the fact that he had to go public with this, I yeah. think speaks to the severity of what was said. Yeah, and D'Angelo, like I said, if you if you follow his Twitter account, which I don't, um, but I did look him up. He's outspoken. He's very outspoken politically. And like like you said earlier, Cully, it's going to be interesting to have Keandre and him in the same locker room. I hope that he's not the type of guy who, like like we mentioned earlier with Kobe Covington, um, you know, is very outspoken vocally in your face with it, because Keandre has worked his entire life to get to this point. The last thing he needs is somebody throwing, you know, this type of bullshit at him. Yeah. You no. Know? No. Well I, said. I, well said. Personally, yeah, I, that's the way I think. Ty, you got anything on that? Yeah, anything yeah, on Kamar? Politics. Any of that bullshit should not have you know anything to do with what you're doing professionally in your job. Right. As long as you're doing your job, whether it's professional hockey or if you're a stockbroker or if you're a retail clerk, none of that shit should matter as long as you perform well in your job and you know you're doing everything you're asked. And you're a good and human being. It seems like Keandre Miller exactly. It seems like Keandre Miller is succeeded in all those tasks he did great this season at Wisconsin and it seems like he's going to have a great future ahead of him. Obviously, you know, being a first round pick, there's a ton of expectations and now he has even more eyes on him and I just can't wait to hope that he just ends up succeeding in this league just because of all this. 
Unfortunately, it'll be in the Eastern Conference. Uh, <laughs> so we'll have to deal know, with we, him for years we, to come. Let's hope he gets created to like a West Coast team where we can root for him. You know. Uh, one last note on that. No, you guys are right. I really don't have because he's a power forward. He's a pain in the he's ass a, to play he's a against. Big guy, dude. And like I said, I I remember seeing some of his stuff in the uh, in, in the World Junior Championship game. He's a horse, man. He's hard the to guy, move around. The, the perfect ex- perfect word to explain him is that he's a horse. Um, I love that word. Um, workhorse guy. You know he he plays an honest heavy game. on pucks, man. He plays an honest game too, and um, I'm excited to see what you know, the future has in store for him for sure. Hey, even though he has no ties to the Sabres, it's safe to say that we're rooting for him and so is for a sure. lot of America. And you right know now. what? Especially after seeing how like how he, he handled, handled so this whole well, situation. Dude. Can you imagine makes, us at nineteen? It makes dude I would have broken down, no joke. Yo, as in the words of Cully, I'd be six and six to midnight in a heartbeat if the Sabres in an angry way? Oh oh no. Okay, oh, yeah. yeah, if the Sabres traded for him, yeah. Oh yeah. For just the way he handled this whole situation for sure. No, so hey, listen, it's um I think you guys did a great job of explaining it. I just want to give a quick shout out to Trevor Latowski. He very easily could have swept that under the rug, right? Yep, 100%. But he did the right thing here, guys, even though that brought heat onto his organization. And let's not forget, he was fired. He was let go after that season. Yeah, I, I respect I mad respect for him because like you said, he could have He did the right tonight. thing and yeah, he probably lost his job because exactly. of it. Exactly. He, he, and he, you see what what's happened to the NHL coaches who swept those things under the rug gone. at different points. Rutherford gone. Um, Bill Peters, Bill what Peters. happened with him? Did he? They kept him, right? No, no, no. He's gone. He 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 resigned. But we all know what happened there. No, he but was, hey, on, yeah. in Peters' defense, he is the one guy that I've heard multiple people come out, his former players, and say, and his former colleagues say that he actually went to rehab to help this program. I'm not excusing anything that Bill Peters did, but he's at least one guy that showed remorse and tried to get it fixed. Once again, not excusing his behavior, but a lot of these people, they don't apologize. And if they do, it's phony. Um, But no, I think we've covered that enough. Uh, But hey, here's the good news. Latowski probably lost his job for bringing that heat on the organization. He ended up on his feet. He's now the head coach of the Windsor Spitfires, friend of the program. Yeah. He he won a mem cup with him. Even better place, right? Hey, do you guys know that? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, well, I'm not sure. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, steal, steal his thunder here because he's gonna bring it up. I don't know if any of you know this, but my co-host here, Johnny Cullen, did play for the Windsor Spitfires. In the not with him, thing. though. Not with him. But yes, to answer your question, Ty, it's not even close. Windsor is like a top-notch organization from the way they run things yeah, to their fuck, building. Fuck the, sting. the sting was a shit show, brother. Very shadily run. They cheap out on everything. I'll give you an example. It's uh, for your first two years in a league, everybody in the league is paid $50 a week, right? Yep. So you get everything included. You get billet, food, gear, everything you can imagine. Travel, everything that's covered. But you get $50 a week. Sarnia taxed that $50. So instead of getting $50 a week, guys, which is enough for what? Three meals at Subway in Canada? They taxed it. So we got $38. Uh, uh, Boot that. And here's the here's the kicker. So in Sarnia we got less than fifty. We got thirty eight. In Windsor, we got a hundred because they maxed out our gas money. Just little things like that, guys. Yeah. But here's the cool part. Latowski got let go from Sarnia. He was my assistant there at the time when this happened. He was their head coach. Um, he's now the head coach of Windsor. He won a Memorial Cup with them three years ago as their assistant. Then got promoted to head coach. He had them on track to be a top three seed in the playoffs. He's a great coach. Guys, do you remember, I think it was um, Colby Armstrong hit him. That was that 
brutal hit when Latowski played for Carolina. I want you guys to, after the episode, go, everybody Google um, Latowski hit, and he gets absolutely run. You'll remember as soon as you see it because it's one of those hits where he gets hit and he's out. But um, that like cut an, is clear. Like an RG oh, even worse. Yeah, even oh, worse, God. guys. Even worse. Um, but so no. Scott Stevens on Paul Korea and Eric. Honestly, it was like that. It was like that. But no, moving on. You guys have any real other real notes quick, on that? Real quick before we move on, Keandre, this one's for you, buddy. We're, we have your back. Oh, cheers to that. So, um, so here we go. Um, I just had to pull this up real quick. Carolina for, and this is from 2006. Carolina Hurricanes forward Trevor Latowski was carried off the ice on a stretcher after being knocked unconscious by a hit from Colby from Pittsburgh's Colby Armstrong in the first period. Guys, it was that bad. You'll know the hit as soon as you see it. It was bad. Oh man. Oh, you, you'll know what I'm talking about. Anybody listening, fire up that hit. This guy's a fucking warrior. Um, all right, moving on. For the first inaugural stirring the pot segment um a little bit of background stirring the pot just means mixing it up a little bit how would you define stirring the pot Dwayne? oh absolutely man i love to stir the pot especially my group techs at work man i fucking love it it. i'm not gonna get details i like having a job especially in the time (laughs) right now but i love stirring the pot um but like you said it's creating controversy it's opening dialogue um making up stuff yeah yeah you know you know, uh, whether it be on the ice or in the workplace, you know, opening dialogue that it otherwise people might, might people might not want to talk about. So we um, will be accepting submissions for any for our weekly stirring the pot segment. So uh, any listeners that have anything, let us have it. Um, Ty, when you think of stirring the pot, what comes to your mind? Oh, I think of a big pot of jumbo or gumbo and you just got a ton of things going on whether it's this person and this person's views and this and that going on in the workplace and you just get mixing and you just get everyone against each other and you get everyone thinking and going and that's exactly it i feel like we could probably have a few of those moments in the the crossing swords group chat um Oh, I already sure. know what I was thinking. You already know what I was thinking. <laughs> so, Ty, you know I'm going to lean on you for next week's submission then, buddy. <laughs> so, uh, Dwayne, what's Hinge? Oh, oh Hinge? Um, I uh, plead the fifth. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, for a man who is single, it is the best dating app you could use. Grinder? For sure. No, not Grinder. No, oh, not sorry. Grindr. I'm sorry. Sorry, I, guys. I, you know that's the most that Grinder is the most used app on Cully's phone. By the way, <laughs> I have two kids for the record, <laughs> and they were not artificially inseminated. No, but hey, <laughs> without further ado, Ty, I mean it. I, I'm looking forward to your submission for stirring the pot next week. But our first one on Thursday, it was re- another friend of the program, Robin Leonard. Although he went 0 for 38 on shootouts attempts while he was in Buffalo. God, I love him, especially everything he's been through. He's turned it around. Love the guy, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. On Thursday, it was reported that former Blackhawks goalie Robin Leonard told a Swedish Swedish media outlet Expressen that he doesn't believe the NHL can continue the season. The league was paused on March 12th due to concerns with the coronavirus pandemic. Jesse Granger of The Athletic posted translation from some of Leonard's interview with Expression from Swedish to English on Twitter. Here's some direct quotes. No, I don't think it is possible to shut down the league and then run again when you have 100,000 plus cases of the coronavirus, Leonard told Expressen. Safety goes first. Leonard then added, you can't turn 180 degrees and start playing again. I see a 0% chance that you could save this season. Now I hope that next season could start as usual in October. 
At the trade deadline on February 24th, in a complicated transaction, Leonard was first traded to the Toronto Maple Leafs in exchange for Martin DeZirkles, and then they were traded to Vegas um, for Malcolm Subin. So, all in all, Leonard ended up in Vegas. Um, he was a 2009 Vesna Trophy finalist with some impressive numbers, 16, 10, and 5. This season was as a Hawk with a 3.01 goals against average and a 9.18 save percentage. But his numbers last year with the Islanders were incredible. Yeah, too, when he was yeah, a, when yeah, he was yeah, a yeah. finalist. We, we, 2018 and 2019 with the uh, with Islanders. The Islanders, yeah. But um, for it, the first during the podcast segment, what do you guys think? I, I mean, I, I I love what he said. I, you know, I he we all know how outspoken he is. I remember that article about. When he first came out with his mental issues, um, that was you know, an emo- that was an emotional. Yeah, you know, we all know here in Buffalo. I, I, my opinion, and Ty, I don't know if you'll agree with me on this. I feel we hold that position, the goaltending position, to a higher standard than most because in in the past we've been very spoiled. Um, I don't. You guys don't ha- need me to talk about Dominic Kashuk any more than I already have. The guy is the fucking goat. You, you know, had he started at 18, 19 years old, like, you know, his, you know, his, uh, you know, you know, uh, counterparts, Broder and Waugh, who do, you know, hold the uh, higher numbers than he does, I truly believe he would hold every goaltending record there is, personally. And he did it with a much, ver- with a much more mediocre team. He didn't have a single Hall of Famer. Way worse. Oh, you know, the best defenseman he had on his team was Alexi Zitnik, and... And in that 98-99 team, there wasn't a single Hall of Famer on the team other than Dominic Kaczyk. Um, There were no All-Stars on the team. Um, That team was just full of, you know, average, below average players. And Hasek carried on his back to the finals against a team full of Hall of Famers with Dallas. Um, But with that being said... Buffalo holds this position to a higher standard because we went, we were spoiled. We went from Hashik. Our bridge between Hashik and Miller was Baran, and Baran played very well for us. He actually, I think, he holds a, a, a record, uh, either it's an NHL record or the Sabres record for a longest shutout streak. Um, yep. He has a lot of, of highlight reel quality saves um, that we could all look up on YouTube. But again, we, 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 hold, we can't forget his best part, his accent. Yeah, his accent. Dias or Dat. Um, Dias or Dat. Dias or Dat. But um, we hold that position to a higher standard. So, we, yeah, we are more critical of the position, and we definitely were with Robin Leonard, especially when it came to the shootout. With that being said, there was a lot of overwhelming support for Robin Leonard when he came out with these issues he was having mentally. And um, I so, give him a tremendous amount of credit yeah, for doing for that, sure. dude. Yeah. I don't know how you feel about that, Ty. I know I'll, you know, I'll, I'll tee you up for that. Oh, it's you have to be on the side, and it's just amazing to see that he's found clarity within his mind to be able to speak these thoughts because these are exactly what any sane person in the world is thinking. He said, you know, a hundred thousand cases. Obviously this interview was probably done a couple of days ago. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot more cases in the United States right now. Um, you think about Erie County, we're only able, you know, in the County, um, in their own labs, to, able to process a hundred tests a day, um, the the amount of positive cases are way higher than reported, and it's not going to slow down anytime soon. The thought that this season can be finished is absolutely insane. I think in my mind, I don't understand how anyone can believe that. 
and you know, I I commend Robin Lehner for speaking out and you know informing people. Like this just doesn't make any sense. And like you have the MLB trying to say we're looking into you know maybe doing this stuff with you know in spring training facilities and quarantining everyone and this and that. But guess what? The players just came out and said they're not going to play until the fans are back a lot in the stadiums. And you have cities like Toronto have already banned public gatherings until June 30th. Um, It's not going to get better anytime soon. We're not looking at, you know, realistically a full summer's worth of playoffs. Like, it's going to have to be super abbreviated, if if at all, um, to be able to start the season on time. Maybe, And then you might have to maybe push next season back and push the playoffs back or abbreviate the season. And you have a whole ton of logistics that go behind that. And it's, it's going to be, it's, it's just huge for the league going forward to see what they do. Um, but it's going to have to be every single league and you have to put the people first. And that's the number one thing in, in all of this, because if you're a business and you're putting people at risk, you're going to be the ones who are going to be found at fault and, Obviously, you can't have the liability fall on you. They're not going to be able to have these until it's publicly approved from you know the government. Yeah, and it's like you said, me and you both were considered essential workers, and it's a scary environment out there, man. Like I've mentioned before, I work for a beverage distributor, and my biggest point is the biggest point I'll make is is that I can control what I can control. I can hand, I can sanitize my hands. I can wear gloves. I wear a mask out there. I, I, I truly do. Um, and I can I can take all the proper precautions that are necessary to keep myself safe from this. But the thing is, I can't control what other people do. I can't control Joe Schmo coming to fucking tops with his entire goddamn family to buy a case of beer and a loaf of bread, which is which I and I will say I seen this today. I seen a family of five walk through an easy scan with a loaf of bread and a case of beer because that is essential, right? Well, the and, bread is essential, right? Well, the bread is, but the case of beer isn't. And you know what? That's something you could call and use curbside. You know, you can you, you can buy that online. They have they have things that you where can you walk, can you can walk to your corner store and get a loaf. Of bread. Y- literally, yeah. You don't need to do this at tops. Yeah, yeah tops. It, it, a high it's traffic area. A very high traffic, and you know, you see some stores taking precautions. I know Walmart and Target have done it, where they're limiting the amount of customers at a time that can be in the store, which I think is smart. Um, but um, it's a scary thing, man, because you don't know, you, I don't know these people. I come in contact with, with at the very minimum, 300, 400 strangers a day. People I don't know that I can't sit there and say that I trust, that they're taking all the proper precautions that I am to keep themselves safe and healthy. And that's the scariest thing about it. And, um, you know, I know for a fact that there, there are people in competing companies and, um, you know, of you know of me where I work that do have employees that are in quarantine right now, I am I am friends with people who know people that are in quarantine right now, and it's a scary fucking thing because I I, I know people that are dying from this at at young ages, and I'm 32 years old, man. Like I'm not I'm not invincible. I I I, I mean I haven't had the actual regular flu since I played college hockey, but. With that being said, 
I don't know how my body would react to something, you know, being exposed to something like this. I don't know if my immune system can fight this off. And it doesn't take a genius to know that if the body it feels weak or tired or, um, you know, if you're, if you're, if you've been working a long week and then all of a sudden you're exposed to this, your immune system isn't working at its, um, your it's, it's, it's compromised. It's compromised. Yeah. So it makes you even more vulnerable to it, which is the scariest thing because I could be working on a Saturday, the last day of my work week. And I could be on a, I'm hour 10 and all of a sudden, I might come across somebody who might be infected with this, and my immune system's like, "Well, fuck, man! Like, I'm not ready for this." And um, you know, it just makes me that much more prone to, you know, the the highest. Uh, I don't know how to word this. You know, what this virus could you know dramatically do to my body. So it's um, it's scary, man. I I don't know if you have any stories like that with people coming in to you or is it it all just online ordering there's yeah we're not allowing anyone into the store that's good i'm happy for that shipping pickup orders like that um but it's it's just crazy to see the difference between you know some people who are like oh this is absolute bullshit still and this and that uh they're almost all elderly people and i'm i'm just worried for all them because they're not taking these things seriously and then you have you know, people who are 30, 40 years old and they're like, yeah, set my order down. Like, I don't even want to take it out of your hands. Like, yep. Uh, like, you know, we're taking all the precautions. Like, we have an ozone thing we've been setting off every night. We have, you know, a ton of hand sanitizer. I've used literally like 300 gloves a day. Like, I've hand sanitized uh, 200 times a day. Like, I keep using hand lotion over and over and I've never had to use lotion. Like, I always have soft hands and trying the hell out. But, like, we're doing everything we can, you know, to keep people's lives sort of some semblance of normalcy. And, you know, they, it's just interesting to see the difference in the way people have reacted to this and have, you know, taken this into their lives and actually adjusted to it because some people still are not taking it seriously. And this is, you know, the difference between this being uh, you know, a two to four month like shutdown as opposed, you know, a two to four week shutdown as opposed to a two to four month is what I mean. You know, things aren't going to get better unless we really slow this down. And the only way to do it is to stay at home. And, you know, we're trying to do the best we can to keep, you know, providing content, whether it's, you know, this podcast or, you know, the Buffalo bracket that we're doing through train racks. Some and, semblance you know, of normalcy. Things like that, you know, you know, doing Instagram lives every day, you know, whether we get, we've had Nate Geary, um, Brian Thomas, Matt Perino, a ton of different people with Trainwreck. Um, you know, we're just trying to do the best to give people some stuff so, you know, they don't feel the need to keep going out. Like, I get it. Like, go to the park, do this and that. but Take a walk, want, but that's different it, than going out to a not, club. Yeah, it's, it's not just you know, take your whole family to the store. Just one person needs to go yeah. to get, you know, the necessities. These fucking twat this So that, number one, all of us can get back to work. Um, all of us can get back to a normal life and then we can get these other things back. These other access things like sports that we all have grown to love that have become a huge part of our lives. We can't get those back until we get the rest back to normal. 
Yeah, and yeah, well you, said, you, man. you mentioned some of those names, and like I've, like I said, you know, working under the train rock umbrella. Like I've been, fo- obviously, I follow a lot of what you guys are doing. Um, we brought up Nate Geary. I don't even think he's allowed to talk to me personally. <laughs> but um, I grew up a town over from Nate, and and I I, I don't know him personally, but uh, is he a good guy? Oh, Nate! No, Nate's a huge, he's a good guy. huge friend of the train. Uh, we've had him on. I think Nate might have the most train wreck tonight appearances, to be honest. Um, Putting a good word for us, brother. Nate, he's had us. Yeah, dude, Nate. No, he's not allowed to talk times, to me. Um, on the show, <laughs> his um, job depends on it. I've even I've been in studio with Nate at WTR, so it's all it's all love between us. Love it, love it. Um, hey, boys, just in the sake of time, I want to move on to the, to the next part of the of the. Uh, of the show, but, uh, you know, both of you well said on, on the, the, the crisis that we're facing and you know what? I hope that people realize it's not just about them. Do the right thing. Uh, be an unselfish human being. I want to say this is probably one of our, probably if not our best show, one of our best, one of our best shows, if not our best show. Um, and I will say that the one factor is definitely there has been some drinking involved. So I think we got a couple of road sodas, you know, I mean, mean, the Ruby red closures are out. Shout out Nate Geary yet again. Um, I was on those before Nate, but still, you know, I was on them the first summer they came out. But these, these are are those the Genesis? Yes, the Jenny Ruby Red Colishes. If you're not sipping those down, I don't know what the hell you're doing. They're not even a sponsor, but I'm gonna shout them the fuck out because they're absolutely unbelievable. All right, well, next yep. time I see you, you better have some on deck my so brother, I can try them. My em. brother's chasing some Crown with it right now. I'm crushing. Like, he doesn't even like beer, and he's using it as a chaser. I'm crushing like, some. I'm crushing some Steve Austin's Broken Skull IPAs right now, man. And I'm not an IPA no, drinker, but yeah, I fucking no, love, love this shit. It. Love to hear it. And you know what? I cannot wait till after we're done recording and we're gonna watch some fucking drunk WrestleMania. And I, are you gonna are you gonna tune in, Ty? Are you gonna tune oh, in? Oh, I mean, I already have. I already have it pulled up in Dude, one of my browsers. So, That's so how about this? Make a deal with right me. I've already agreed with anybody who's voted on that thing. I'm gonna live stream my reaction to these matches. Um, I'm already I'm already five in the tank. Um, we definitely Who's counting? yeah, we definitely gotta fucking have a like a collaboration of reaction to some of these matches. You've already broken the news about to me about the Alexa Bliss match. We'll keep it at that. But uh, with that being said, as long as you're willing to agree to that, are you? We'll do some we'll do some reactions oh. for some, make oh, some good content. I'm all in. I am a- I got my chug bud ready. All right, sweet. All right, moving on. We have one more segment. Um, the Cody's old, getting frustrated. No, 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 no. I'm just trying to keep it tight. Keep it tight. Um, the Ask Dwayne, Ask Cully, Ask Ty segment of the show. We got a couple of doozies. Uh, this one comes from Ty Duderstadt, friend of the program, future Division One hockey player. Who acquired at the trade deadline would have had the biggest impact on their team down the stretch and into playoffs had the season not been canceled. Great question. Uh, there's a couple different candidates up there. Uh, I'll I'll take over if you guys don't have it. I'll I'll, I'll I actually want to want to jump on this one right go, away. Go go take um, first. He wasn't traded at the deadline, but Close. I would say Zucker for Pittsburgh. I think that he had a ton of depth that that season. Um, unfortunately he was a guy that was on, he, he had Buffalo on his, uh, no trade list, um, which sucks because I would have loved to add him to this lineup, but I would definitely say Zucker because I think that he would have helped put that Pittsburgh team that was kind of underachieving for a while over the top. What do you got? I think 
this is going to be like a little under the radar one. A team who I think was sort of really pushing towards the playoffs. They had a little bit of injury, but I think this this move was going to put them over the hump, get them into the playoffs. The Canucks getting Tyler Toffoli was putting up absolutely great underlying (laughs) analytical numbers. Wasn't necessarily scoring at a high clip. Oh, why did you just have to say Tyler Toffoli? Great situation. You don't know what you just teed t- fucking Cully up for, man. No, hey, <laughs> I, hey, I completely I agree. Love that move. I was so pissed that Sabres didn't move for him. I agree. I thought that was a great move. You trade they got they traded Schaller, Madden, and a second round pick. I mean, Madden's a good prospect, or not a great prospect, good prospect. Maybe you know, like a B prospect should probably be you know, maybe second, third line guy down the road. Hopefully for them. I agree, but I, lo- um, I love I Toffoli. I think the Sabres could have easily made that move, and then you get Toffoli possibly in, into a long-term contract because I believe he's still an RFA, if I'm not wrong. You know what? Um, I 100% agree with you there. Uh, one of my axes to grind with actually Jason Botterill is the fact that, um, and I was pretty vocal about this, is that I thought the deals he made at the deadline were deals that could have been made well beforehand and he yep. actually confirmed that on a live interview on WGR that he um he could those deals were actually on the table weeks beforehand but he actually felt comfortable with the group he had now would you agree with me Ty that adding a guy like Dominic Cahoon to this lineup with the way he played earlier he, would have helped oh yeah. my god yeah. would it have especially with There's, Simmons yeah. as well it would have and, and oh. especially like I don't know. I think I honestly I feel like Bottro made an offer on Toffoli, but it ended up just being a little less, probably last second. Um, but you know, it it just worked out the way it did, and I think Vancouver was in a in a better situation to get themselves into the playoffs to where they offered you know just a little bit more, probably offering Madden. I think Madden might even be a little bit of a higher prospect right now than Middlestat just because of what's happened with middle stats, you know, appearances in the NHL. Right, and you bring up a great point. We're sending you a picture right now as if you're wondering why Dwayne laughed. Um, yeah. There's a yeah. photo on Instagram of Toffoli absolutely abusing me that you'll get a kick out of. Yeah. Um, so we're se- did you send it to him? Yeah, I just sent it to you, buddy. Way easy to see this. Like, Toffoli is getting ready to fucking just tee up. Just one tee an chat on Coley. An absolute piss middle. Yeah, Here's probably. the worst part, guys. You know the teddy bear toss games? Lord, I... Uh, Coley, did you not know he was there? <laughs> I had no idea, and here's the worst part. There's no chance you knew he was there. Dude. No, not a clue, and here's the worst part, dude. That was the teddy you bear look, toss you game. You look like you're looking like 10, ten rows up and like at the blonde with the big tent. Well, it doesn't, <laughs> help that I'm, it doesn't help that I'm 5'6", trying to look over Dalton Smith in front of me, but okay. no... To Foley, that was the teddy bear toss goal. So that was taken about 12 seconds before I got pelted with 10,000 teddy bears. So just thought you'd get a kick out of that. No, I think Even that's better. a good trade. Even better. Before I give you guys my answer, because I think that's a great one, my only thing is this. Vancouver had a strong start, but they lost Besser, right? Correct. That's why they got to Foley. Right. Here's my thing. If they had Besser still and they got to Foley, they're a legitimate you know, contender to go deep, right? Yes. No, hey guys, they but traded fully, they traded for him right before they knew how long he was gone. They didn't know he was out. Well, maybe they did, but nah, it didn't come out in the true, public. Very true, very true. 
So no, I see you. You make a good. You make a valid point. I, I'm just saying that if if Besser was still hey, healthy, Besser be back for the playoffs. Right. That's a good. Now. There you go. There you go. So th- then then my argument's moot. Um, here's my answer. Um, I like what the Boston Bruins did. It's two separate trades. They acquired Nick yeah. Ritchie um, from the Anaheim Ducks. I had the, the the pleasure of playing with his brother Brett, who was a first round pick to Dallas. I don't think he's still there, is he? I'm not sure. Um, anyways, they're they're both brit built like brick shit houses. No shit. Uh, Brett Ritchie's nickname was Brick. Thank you. And so, so they uh, Nick Ritchie going to to the Bruins, and then also um, I'm gonna struggle with this Andre. Kasich? Kasha. 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 I think those two trades for Boston is is the biggest trade for me because they were already a Stanley Cup favorite going into the deadline. I wanted Kasha so bad in I Buffalo. know you did. I remember oh, our, pre- yeah, our deadline show. It, man. I wanted Kasha oh, so Ka- bad. Kasha so, was a huge, a huge breakout guy. You can get him you know, for pretty cheap, at least like contract-wise. Um, trade wise, like that would have been a huge addition to a Sabres roster. And someone who has, you know, RFA going forward where you could have had those rights. Like, I don't know. Here's my. It's, it's a move the Sabres could have made, but obviously, like, you think about where the Bruins were, they probably would I, 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 Here's I'm my looking, point, I'm, though. I'm looking at Anderson. Uh, what's his face? Or, uh, Anderson, right? Um, from. Just Josh so- Anderson? Josh Anderson, yes. Uh, I think he just had like yeah, shoulder surgery. Too, dude. Yeah, he, everybody abused him. Fuck, dude. He's had so many injuries, so that he's been. Yeah, he, but he could he's add. He's had he, a bad season because he's coming off the injury. Yep. Um, he's going to be going into another RFA year. Um, I don't. There's no reason to give up big picks for a guy you. No, but that's you don't the thing. Know how he's going to come back from this? I think he and could be. Were, obviously, they were still asking for big picks. It was, they didn't acquire him. I think at the draft, if he was available, he could be had at a cheap price. Well, we'll see. We'll see here, what the medical yeah. reports are. I have one last point on this. We look back. Why did Boston lose to St. Louis? One of the reasons was St. Louis was a very heavy team, right? No, they're they're so deep, top to bottom. Yes, and I think the one thing that hurt. Let's not talk about that. No, on, but dude. one thing. Like, that, no, my. I just think that Boston Bruins picking up Nick Ritchie and Andre Kasich. Here's here's the thing that blows my mind. If Don Sweeney knew this before the trade, he's a genius. They 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 both played on Anaheim, right? Yep. They didn't always play together, but when they did, their points per game went way up when they played together. They they recently got separated this year, but like in the past, let's just say they had 500 minutes together and they produced an enormous rate. And, and this is all true. Don Sweeney makes two separate deals to acquire both of them, and now suddenly the Bruins' bottom six, instead of being a liability, is now their strength. But here here's another point, Colleen. Here, here's that's why point. I think that's the that's the biggest trade that would have had the impact. I'm not throwing trying to throw a wrench into this, but now with the season on hold and possibly being canceled, how do you feel for these fucking teams who fucking sold out at the deadline to get rentals? I don't even want to get into that because like, I can't. That's even That's a future understand. episode for sure. Like, how how do you handle that if you're the NHL? I, that's, kind of, that's a whole other episode. Yeah, I, I don't oh think we God. can accurately answer that until we know what the actual plan is going forward. Yeah, will there where there'll be an expedited season? Well, actually, we have that question coming up, so save it for it. Do you, do you add? Do you, do you tell these players that they have to play a full year with the team that they were traded? We'll I see, think. We'll see, we'll see. I think that's a that's a future question. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I don't think sure. we can fairly answer that right now. <laughs> All right, moving on to question two because we got about four more to get to, and we're already pushing an hour and a half. What players were the biggest surprises or disappointments this season for the Sabres? Ty, I'll tee you up first. Give me one uh, surprise, one disappointment. 
All right, biggest surprise, I would say Larson, Larson just having an, a great season, um, especially in his role. I, I was one of the guys on the fence about all of them. Um, I thought Larson, out of any of them, I would have brought back, but he really proved his worth. Um, biggest disappointment. Just say it, dude. I you mean you have the same answer. I guarantee it. Jimmy Veazey. Oh, maybe not. Okay. Jimmy Veazey. Jimmy Veazey was I a disappointment. You, I know what you wanted me to say, but I'm the founder of the paid Jeff Skinner movement. He should still be paid. Give him a goddamn fucking center and not a left winger playing center. No, no, like, I, no, I agree, I agree, I agree, I agree. I, agree. I don't even, don't even get me started on all the people who are like, "Oh, Johansson's a center. We saw him to be a center." No, 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 Been he wasn't. Been a left winger for the last five seasons before it. He, uh, he, he, he's a left whatever. winger that you it, use at. He's a left winger it, that you can it, use it, at center in a pinch. Um, he's not a exactly. full time center. And it, and it crushed it crushed the team. But Jimmy VZ doing absolutely nothing really hurt this team. Um, couldn't step into a second six role. Couldn't even perform well in a bottom six role. Um, it was just a waste of a pick. I, and I, I I think that speaks to the mismanagement of Jason Botterill personally. Um, just and like I said, up until maybe like uh, oh a couple like. Honestly, it was really right at the deadline is when I really started to call for Jason Botterill's head. Um, the the tipping point for me, again, as I mentioned earlier, was when during that uh, on-air interview he mentioned that the deals that he made were actually on the table weeks beforehand, um, which really fucking pissed me off because we could have really used a guy like Dominic Cahoon and Wayne Simmons over fucking Evan Rodriguez and whoever else we fucking traded that day. Um, but... It's neither here nor yeah yep um it's neither here nor there um with that with that being said um my biggest surprise and I I, it's not a big surprise but I was surprised at the pace he was going at was definitely Olison I did dude he was on pace for thirty five to forty goals which is I know Jack said it on Spit and Chicklets like this guy could score forty in his sleep. Um, uh, did but, you did you go to any of the uh, development camps? I did, yeah, and the I guy, went to one too. Not so, a big deal. Like I, I'd gone to the last two. I that was the least surprising thing of the season to me. Well, 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 well the he thing, has the best. He has the single best shot out of any NHLer, like I've ever I, seen. Uh, like, guys, I would say like, Ovechkin. The few, the few elite guys, yeah. like including Ovechkin. Yeah. Um, like. I and just his didn't... shot release is so quick, and it's so accurate. It's absolutely unbelievable. You watch it like close on the ice, the way you can at development camp, where you're right on the glass and you're able to get any angle you want, and you just see the way, boom, the puck just lands on a stick and it's gone before you even blink your eye, and it's pinpoint accuracy every time. He's able to pick his corners. He's able to pick his spots. It doesn't even need to just be a corner. He can just beat him low. He can beat him high, and that just absolutely translates no matter what ice you're on, whether it's European ice or the NHL ice. It's the same exact type of thing because it's the same type of game. He's able to do that. And you saw why he succeeded so well early on with the power play because of his shot. And oh. teams obviously are going to adjust to that, but he was able to do it a little bit once he came back from injury. And obviously, when you're fighting that, it's tough because well, you know you're going through an 82 game season, and those things tend to linger on. But yeah, what he was able to do is 
it's just phenomenal in his rookie season. Yeah, you know, even when he came back from the injury, he kind of picked up right where he left off. He 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 started. He, he was on fire right away. The same uh, chemistry, yeah. Yeah, and you know what? But the thing with me is, and I and this is what I said in the beginning. I it maybe not the biggest surprise. I was just it was just crazy to me, like just the bang on chemistry between him and Jack almost immediately. It was just like they've been yep. playing together for years, and we all knew what he was capable of when we saw him in Rochester. And I thought the the organization as a whole made the right decision with keeping him, you know, letting him develop to the way the way he developed at this point, especially in the Swedish leagues and then in Rochester in the previous year. Um, but with that being said, just. I like I I expected him to be a twenty goal scorer, not a, a possible forty goal scorer this year. That was insane to me. My biggest disappointment, and I know I know you said Jimmy Vz and Jimmy Vz is definitely up there, but Jeff Skinner. But Jeff Skinner isn't his fault because you had Ralph Kruger whose hands were tied. Um, not whose hands were tied. Ralph Kruger's hands were tied. I mean, you you think about it. You don't have a legitimate second line center on this team. You don't, so you have to put the your your best. You, you're forced to give him a subpar center. You're best forced to give him a subpar center, and you've seen how well um, Olafson, Jack, and Sam were playing together. How do you break that up? Like there were points this year there where they were the best line in the league. That's very true. It it, it it's extremely true, and um, I know we saw last year the success of Jack with Skins. But how do you break what was going on with Jack, Sam, and Olafson up? It's it's hard to do that. So uh, you know, and exactly like you saw, Olafson didn't have success without Jack either. When you did break him up the few times they did, yeah, it's true. And so, do I blame that on Ralph? No, I blame that on Jason Botterill for fucking trading this, <laughs> trading, making the worst trade in NHL history. Oh my god, like, it was the worst trade in NHL history that is on his resume till the day he fucking dies. There will not, and, th- and this is coming in a league that traded Gretzky twice. Like, it, 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 it just <laughs> blows my mind. Like, like the result, <laughs> like, Ty, I know you're not going to scream. The result couldn't have been worse for Jason Botterill. The guy wins a cup and is the Con Smythe winner. Like oh my god! That like, is a tough bounce. Like, that's a tough There's pill to no, swallow. No doubt about fucking it. Fucking take him behind the barn and shoot him in the fucking head. That's how bad it was. Jesus, old yeller. Oh boy, uh, getting a little off the tracks, but uh, I think we answered that question. Uh, I'm wait, sorry, did, I'm did you? No, 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 no. I love it. I love it. I love it. Did you guys both get in your uh, biggest surprises and disappointments this year? Oh yes. Dwayne, did you get yours in? I did. Yeah, that's your turn. Um. Biggest disappointment, uh, I'm going to say your Carter career. Hutton. Carter Hutton. I didn't play for the Sabres. Your, um, your, definitely your career. Carter Hutton was my biggest <laughs> disappointment. Kidding. And, uh, yeah. you know, this was a make-or-break year from him. Last year we saw some some greatness, and we saw – listen, we all know that the, the measure of a goalie in this league is their consistency, right, Ty? Oh, uh, like you look at underlying numbers no matter what it is, in goaltending, and they're always going to balance out as long as you're playing a consistent game because of the way, you know, defensive numbers and stuff end up working out with the session and everything else. If you're playing a solid game throughout the year, it's going to balance out. You're going to end up a good goalie. And 
Carter Hutton just wasn't good. Too many easy goals let up. And here's and, here's uh, what gets like, me, Ty. We, we and I, I'm sure we agree on this. Missing, missing the post. Making yeah. The post. Oh, we talked about this. I remember. We did a deep dive on that. But Ty, the way I look at it, as a goalie myself, you don't have to win your team the game, but you have to give your team a chance to win on almost every night. And I don't think Carter Hutton did that for us. So that that's my biggest disappointment. My biggest surprise. I'm I'm gonna do a cop out and I'm gonna say Jack Eichel because I was his biggest critic for year. What is this? His fourth year or his third year? This is was his fifth fourth. year. Fifth year? No, it's his fourth year. We're coming into his fifth year. We're coming right. into his fifth year. This past year was Wait, his fourth am year. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? This was his fifth year, wasn't it? Not. 2014 draft year. Right, so we'd have played 15, we'd have played 16. This is 2019. Played... Anyways, my point is this. He was my biggest surprise because, Ty, I was very hard on him. It, it takes me back to not this 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 season we just watched. The year before, there was a game against Vegas where we lost an OT, where it felt yeah. like Jack turned the puck over and he just gave up. You know exactly what I'm talking about, right? I know exactly what you're talking about. At that moment, and we had seen so much of that from him, that was, for me, the last draw. I turned off my TV. And I just said, you know what? You can't be a franchise center, a franchise player, a franchise center, a first-line center, if you're not willing to pay the price when you don't have the puck. And he yep. didn't. And I, I was, you know, I, I pretty much lost all hope. Now, this season rolled around, and it was interesting to see, Ty, did you notice how sometimes when Eichel, was, they would switch up who took the draw, and Eichel wasn't playing center in the D zone all the time? I noticed that a lot. They'd bring in a couple other guys, taking those. But it was also the fact that he did still give up the body a lot of times, especially in five-on-five play. I will give him a lot of credit for that. I saw him a lot better on the board, using his body a lot more. You saw him even getting off a lot of good body checks this year, which was we didn't see that in years past. From him in the past, yeah, exactly. He's yeah. really filled out in his body. He's becoming com- a complete professional, and exactly what you expected when we drafted him. Um, he's got a big frame. He's going to start filling out even more. Um, I would expect this just to continue um, as we go. Like you've seen him just fend guys off. You know, one guy, two guys, three his, guys. His hips are really unbelievable. To to the oh, the way he exactly. opens himself up. Well, just just on what Ty's saying, he's able to fend guys off, but it's not it's not like the typical body check that people are thinking. It's his, his ability to be so strong on his edges. Turn and, yep, at a high and, speed yeah, and strong. his body and just, boom, get the leverage on the guy. And almost use that as a push off. How many how many times how many times have we seen Jack Eichel with the puck on the boards and just like him come across the top of that blue line off the boards and And just the way it was just right the ability to protect the puck. Um it's just mind blowing how good he is at that and how night and day better he is at that compared to previous years. Um, I think his defensive zone play this year was, again, night and day compared to last. He has improved so much, and I think he really has made a case to be one of the best two-way centers in the league this year. I, honest to God, I really believe it. I, I, I will I will fucking throw fairs. I will throw fists with anybody who disagrees with me. And that might be that might be the broken skull IPAs talking. I don't know. But no, Ty, I'm I'm happy you brought that up because that moment against Vegas two years ago, that for me was like I was about to give up. So I'm so happy to see the way he's able to turn it around. But my and Dwayne, I'm you 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 brought up a good his point. Leverage, but his leverage is just unbelievable. Oh, and then that goes together with so, 
you know, with the size, his, his frame. And you can only hope that, I know I don't mean to change the subject, but you only hope that Darlene makes that type of progression as far as the size and his frame. We're going to get to him next Jack question. Up. We're going to get him next question. I have one, just to tie this up, uh, Ty and Dwayne, have Ty, you guys, Ty. have you guys noticed that, you know, Jack would, you know, his first couple years, he struggled in the D zone as a center, right? Oh yeah. And for those that aren't familiar, that aren't big hockey fans, the center's job in the D zone is basically it's the, the wingers cover their points, and it's pretty much three on three. The two defensemen in the center in the defensive zone pretty much play on their forwards. Is that a fair assessment? Yep. So yeah. one thing I liked is that Kruger found a way to to kind of help ease Jack out of that. Not just on faceoffs. Even if Jack would take the faceoff, Reinhardt in the defensive zone would immediately slide in into the center defensive role and play low, and Jack would play a wing. There was even that one goal. You guys remember the goal that Jack scored where he was playing left wing, chipped it by the defenseman, and then won a foot race and scored a nasty goal early in the season. Yeah. Oh yeah. But that was him. That was him in that exact setup. He would have never been on, you know, high on the point if he was playing center in the zone. They don't do it all the time, but they do it enough. And that, for me, is a big props to Ralph Kruger. So, um, you guys both killed that question. Well, uh, well, for this. Well, one last point, I, and I, I've mentioned this before. Watching Jack play this year is the closest I've felt, if not better, than back when I was a kid watching Pat Lafontaine play. Because when I don't you, remember when, Pat. Well, I don't. The thing is, with watching Patty play, when when we when he touched the puck as a kid, it made you get off your seat a little bit. It's like, oh shit, something like this. Some blood happen. was flowing. Yeah, you know, your, your dick got a little bit more erect the second Patty touched the puck. You know, Grant, I was too young to know what that was like yeah, for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but but the closest I've had that between both, um, you know, Patty and Jack was probably either Briere or Max. Because every time that one year before we lost both Briere and Drury, every time Max would touch the puck, it was absolutely electric factory. Same thing with Briere. Every time Jack touches the puck, you know, and you know what I mean, when the when it looks like the defenseman is starting to break out and he drops to Jack and Jack brings it up the middle, from starting from his own blue line, like you just know like something special is going to happen. And that's the way I used to feel about Pat. And Jack proved that this year, that he can be that guy. And just, again, it's been night and day. The leadership, just the just the pure skill and ability to take over games, I'm so excited for what he has to bring and Darlene's future development and hopefully what we, you know, hopefully what's to come in this next draft. So that leads into our question coming up. We got one more, okay? Uh, for This is just for you two. And um, this is from at Rosie Rosenbaum. Uh, Jordan Rosenbaum asks you guys, it's for Ty and Dwayne, what are your favorite slash most disappointing moments or players from this past season, not just the Sabres? Moments? No, let's go moments, not players. What are your favorite most disappointing moments from this past season? Just this past season? Um, well, favorite moment, How? and I was at the game, like – how can how can you not love? And everybody who follows me on social media knows I love to go back and forth with Leafs fans. I fucking live for it. Ty, have you seen some of this stuff? 
Oh, I've seen it. Oh, yeah. I just fucking live for it, dude. What gets they me get... the most is when they don't realize that you're just trying to get a rise out of them and they get so oh, serious. Like, and those here, are the best. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. There's a group of Leafs fans that are my avid followers that just love to go back and forth with me, That guys I'm actually friends with. And then there's, I get them fucking seething, dude. I get them seething. Um, that game where Jack just told those fucking fans in the front row to sit down. Um... It was it, that was absolutely electric. I, I that's that's one of my favorite. Like I wouldn't say it's my favorite games of all time because, like I said, um, I've been to a t- I've been to hundreds of games and I that 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 doesn't rank up there. But that's as far as this season go. That's my favorite moment. Worst moment, <laughs> definitely the one that started it all. The Ottawa one nothing game. Just that was the closest I felt to what lat the previous year was which was fucking absolute misery just just no heart no grind no no jump in their in their game nothing it was just like coming out of an all-star break where you're playing teams that are below you in the standings must win games to get yourself in this playoff race a very wrist realistic playoff race for the buffalo sabers at the time um, that one nothing, just fucking dumpster fire that I just, I, I can't condone just the effort that night. That, of course, again, as I mentioned in the, in the, in the call, it was the first game I take my sister to, um, she's ignorant as bliss, ignorant as bliss, didn't realize how bad it was. She yeah. had a great time no matter what, but, um, that was definitely the down point of my fucking year for sure. All right. Now, Ty, what do you got? So, I was lucky enough this year to go to the season opener and the second home game. So, that's got to be my highlight. Those two games right there, um, they both just, just, you know, team performance-wise, everything, you know, with the whole, you know, 50th season, all that, just starting with that moment, it it was great. And, you know, the worst moment of the season were, you know, right there with, with Dwayne in that stretch there. You come out and lay an absolute egg against Ottawa. And you, the loss against Detroit, I think, was probably... Oh, that one, one sucked. That Are we talking about the first one or the second um, one? <laughs> the second one. Um, first one luckily, sucked, too. Oh, it did, but... The luckily, second one uh, stung worse. You're right. You're one right. Of us, one of us was... Uh, one of us in this group chat was smart enough to bet on uh, Detroit money line and uh, Detroit minus one and a half. So uh, someone here made some money. Um, not saying it was me, but it might have been me. Uh, <laughs> not a big deal. Coming, so I prepared myself for it, but it, nonetheless, like it was. <laughs> It just completely disappointing because it, it ended the season. Well, I'm gonna. I have one note on that. And I like that play. Season's because, over, so I guess it doesn't even matter. No, but you know what? You know why I like that play because hey, if you win the bet, the Sabers lose. You feel shitty about that, but you won money, right? If the Sabers win, exactly. I love where your head's at, Ty. You might be my new life coach. Um, so I don't know if you're accepting applicants at this time, but you don't want. You don't want. Hey, moving life on, coach. moving you on, moving on. We got one last question, Dwayne. This one is. For you to ask. Um, yep. So, so also for Kelly, <laughs> Fuck, man. I don't ask wa- the question, I don't, dude. I don't Somebody it. submitted I it. I don't want to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure he did. Um, you saw the fucking text your, message. Your favorite moment memory 
of your OHL career, John Cullen. You fucking nozzle, you fucking pigeon, you fucking pile of greasy shit. Let, let us know what your favorite fucking moment was. Well, thank you for asking, Rosie. Um, my, my favorite memory is definitely not to fully going one T-Chet on me. Um, no, it, it has to be my rookie year. I was playing for Niagara. We were still waiting for Petrangelo to get back, so we weren't a great team. We're playing in Kitchener against Jeff oh, Skinner. Oh, name Petrangelo. That's great. I just said he wasn't there. Yeah, so the Sk- we're playing against Skinner, and this is my first time playing against him. Skinner. Um, in Kitchener, which they have a great barn. If anybody ever has the chance to go up to the old odd, odd, odd it's, it's called the odd in Kitchener. It's a great rink, Dwayne. Yep. So we go in there. It was the first road game my parents got to see. Um, we ended up losing one nothing. Oh, lost in front of the parents. So one nothing. We got outshot. John Gibson was uh, in the other end, so we got outshot 40, forty-six to better definitely be a better goalie for sure. I just hate the way he wears his helmet. <laughs> we got outshot forty-six to thirteen. And you know how on the road they hardly ever like you hardly ever get a star. One of the three stars. Yeah, you trade. Do you trade jerseys with John Gibson at the end of the game? No, he fucking told me to go kick rocks. But my my parents were in the stands, and this is the coolest part. They. Uh, we lost one nothing. I'm skating off the ice. I'm rattled, um, you know, because I had a near-perfect game. And then usually, if, even if you get a start on the road, you don't skate back out. We all know that, right? Yeah. They stopped me. They made me go back out. Not a fan had left. And my dad cries when he tells this story because everybody around them had, like, told him in the opposing barn that it was a great game. You don't you don't see that all the time in opposing barns. And I the funny part of the story is I went back out and not only just for a lap, they gave me a fifty dollar pizza pizza gift card, which was huge at the time. But no, I, it's my favorite moment <laughs> because my, my my dad and my mom were there and, and we both know how much sacrifices the, the, the hockey family needs to make and for them to be able to be there even in a losing effort, my dad still remembers just being touched by by how all the fans had stayed for that and stayed and clapped. So that's my favorite memory. I'll leave it at that. Uh, big shout out to Barb and Tom, best parents in the league. Um, Absolute know, beaut. So, um, all right, we got to finish up, but we got one more question. Uh, or yeah, it is. It's uh, from Jeff Van Dusen, friend oh, good, of the program. Good, good friend of mine. Good friend of mine. If Tim Connolly remained healthy, where would he rank all time for the Sabres? Okay. And just a really quick rundown. He missed the entire... Okay, sorry. He got traded to the Sabres in 2001, him and Taylor Pyatt for Mike Pekka. After missing only three three regular season games in his first four seasons, injuries began to plague his career in 2003-2004. He missed the entire season with post-concussion syndromes. Uh, the next year, in the 2006 playoffs, you know, he lit it up and, and scored uh, a beautiful goal to give the Buffalo a 7-6 win in overtime. In Game 2, however, Conley was injured again with another concussion and missed the rest of the playoffs. Um, he continued to suffer from post-concussion syndrome, and he missed the first 80 games of the next season. Um, although Conley was known for his puck handling skills, he had been criticized for playing with his head down. I think we can all agree on that, right? For sure. Yeah. Not To, to make matters worse, he had bone spur problems with his hip throughout the 2007-2008 and had season-ending surgery to have them removed in March of 08. And may or may not have peed on girls. It gets worse, guys. We're almost done. In 08, 09, he saw the continuation of his injury problems. He began the season with two cracked vertebrae from a stick butt uh, in the back, which forced him to miss the first 10 games. After five games healthy, when he registered six points, so he's coming back, he suffered a broken rib from Keith Kachuk. What a warrior. Love you, Walt. 
Uh, despite playing through the pain, the injury finally pulled him out of the lineup after the next game. Um, he ended up getting back in the lineup in January and finished with an impressive 47 points in 48 games, considering what he went through. But um, the Sabres saw enough to re-sign him. Which, guys, real quick, af Ty, after all those injuries, would you have invested $9 million for a two-year deal after that? Nope. Me neither. I mean, no, hindsight's twenty twenty, but... Um, as as someone who's like into like capology shit like that, like the guy like that, just it's not worth that money, um, especially where the cap was at that point. Yeah, the risk outweighs the reward way too much. Yeah, and that's big money. That's that's similar to like a six point five contract nowadays, right? But at the same time, yeah. at the same exactly. time, if Tim Connolly could have found his game at that point, I agree. It, you know, I agree. I just no. don't even think it's about finding his game. I think he was so battered that yeah. it just even if he did find his game it you wasn't sustainable him, you can get him on a one-year deal for that well here's the, here's the silver lining after that two-year contract expired on july 2nd 2011 the toronto maple leaf signed him for an even richer contract which was two years 9.5 million uh and then that year in november it was reported that conley was injured again this time with an upper body injury and oh. Jeez, and then again on January seventeenth, two thousand thirteen, in the final year of his contracts, and prior to the lockout season of two thousand twelve thirteen, Conley was placed on waivers, uh, and then he finished his last season with the uh, Toronto Marlies in the AHL. So, my, I'll start off with you, Ty, and then I'll kick it to you, Dwayne. What What's your opinion on you know if he would have remained healthy, where would he rank all time for the Sabers? I wholeheartedly believe he would have been top five. I, I have um, no problem with that. Staying with the Sabres, um, if throughout that, like we're just pretty much assuming that, I guess at that point, um, he would have been top five, no doubt in my mind. He's a guy who I I do believe won Rookie of the Year, right? He won the Calder. Um, he had so much promise coming up, um, and you were able to get him with Taylor Pyatt, who was a great addition. Um, he's a man, man rocket, rocket. Everyone knows, man rocket. Also like he was a very solid player in his own right. Um, so for everything both of them were able to do, it was a great trade for the Sabres, but there was just so much pressure on Tim Connolly, uh, coming in, in here, just to replace Michael Pekka in, in those seasons where the team wasn't great. They were very bad for a while. And, you know, all the onus seemed to fall on Tim Connolly at first and, he was lucky to have, you know, those young guys come up, whether it's, you know, Pominville and um, all of those guys. And they really helped, you know, him find his true game. And he seemed to really find it after, you know, that first, you know, big concussion scare. And it just, it really sucks that, you know, things ended up the way it did because, I really think he, he could have been great, he man. Could have been a guy who put up, you know, five, seven, eight, maybe even a thousand points, you know, with the Sabers over his career if he stays here. Um, uh, his game was just absolutely unbelievable. His puck handling was something I think Sabers fans had never really seen. I don't think the um, league had seen it besides like Pavel Bury, right? At that at that time, yeah, seriously, especially a guy who was playing, you know, in the middle of the ice. Uh, who could do a little bit of everything, could play, you know, back if he had to. Um, he could kill penalties. Think, you know, it, it was, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's he just, could play pretty it, much all four spots in the power one play. Of those, one of those first mo real modern 
centers. Like, he was a guy who could do it all, and it's exactly what you wanted going into that era. And, you know, it sucks. It it happened the way it did, but it it just goes to show, like, you do have to, you know, keep your head up at all times on the Mm -hmm. ice. Um, it's the same thing in, you know, most sports, like contact sports, whether it's, you know, hockey, football, rugby, anything. Like, you have to always, you know, have an extra level of awareness to keep yourself healthy because um, being available is is the biggest key factor into growing a legacy. And we've seen that, you know, whether it's Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, um, that's why Brady's legacy is so much better because he was able to be available for so much longer. Um, well said, brother. You know, th- sort of the par- the peril of Tim Connolly's career. Hey, that fuck, was beautifully said, Dwayne. We don't have a ton man. of time, so fire me up fuck, what you got. Fuck, man, do you want to take my spot on the show? We could fucking call it one goalie and tie. <laughs> um, hey, hey, one subpar goalie one and tie. Goal tie. Um, actually, to answer your question, um, and this is going to sting a little bit. In 99, which was his Conley's rookie year, um, I'll give you one guess as to who won rookie of the year, and it wasn't Tim Conley. Future Sabre. Ty, Future Sabre, and this man, this this Future Sabre, him leaving was a black eye on the organization. No, Drury. he's currently sir, the other one. Drury. It was Drury. Drury. He was uh, he was well, rookie he was a, of the year that year. He was a Calder nominee that year either way. Yeah, yeah no. It, yeah, it, but, well said, though. Well um, said. But uh, regardless. Um, where, Dwayne, where do you have him? I, I, I don't, I don't want to disagree with Ty and say top five because we have a lot of guys um, in the franchise. Modern era. Modern era, with, if we're not including guys like. 95 you know, and on. 95 and on. Yeah, I'd say top five. I think um, so, too. Because, listen, Ty, you know where his, I'm coming from with that? You take his, out the French Connection and maybe LaFontaine. Yeah, dude, I, I don't think I, you I, take LaFontaine out. the French Connection. Like, trust me, but it, it, it's just, I don't know. The things Connolly was doing were, were just revolutionary. If he was he, healthy the entire time, the things he was doing were just as far, as, far ahead as the things, you know, Rene Robert was doing. It was just, like, like it's... It I think was, he was right, he was right up there with them if he was healthy. Like, 11 points in eight games in the playoffs is, you know... Coming no off of an injury. Accomplishment for and, and, you anybody. know, you, you, we mentioned it earlier, and I've, I've also been very vocal about this, maybe not on the show, but after Ovechkin, as far as Russians go... I would always say Paul Valbury was the best Russian pure goal scorer of all time. Um, he did things with the puck at full speed in games that you can't that you that players have trouble doing at half speed in practices. Um, so where are you at with Conley though? But Conley just seen like he would just take over games, man. In that Ottawa series, he just he he literally he put was a magician te- with the pill. He, he literally he literally put the team on his back. He put the team on his back. And he, without Tim Conley, you don't win that series. You just don't. No. You don't. You well, don't. You definitely don't win game one. And, you know, that's well said for both of you. I, I don't mean to cut it short, and we will revisit this, but uh, in, in time restrictions. Moving on for our last question. Um, oh, I forget who sent this one in. Um, but if the Sabres, okay, it was uh, somebody, a writer from The Athletic posted that 
if the uh, they simulated the rest of the season and it, it had the Sabres finishing with the third best draft odds, that doesn't guarantee them anything with a lottery, but let's just assume the Sabres are picking anywhere from three to six. We each get to pick one player that you would like to see the Sabres picked. And for this exercise, are we going to assume that Lafreniere is off the board? And are we going to assume that Blyfield's off the board or Stutzel? I say Stutzel's probably off the board. Ty? Yeah, yeah, Stutzel. Okay, so you take the top Although two. Although it could be Byfield. I don't know. It, it, either way. Uh, so, so let's, it, just, let's it, just go neither of those top three guys. Okay, so, um, I mean, I'll tee it up first. Um, I would love to see the Sabres take a shot. Right now, he's ranked sixth overall uh, between both North American and European skaters. An OHL stud this year with Saginaw, uh, Cole Perfetti. Uh, he Obviously, like I said, he played in Saginaw. He's a skilled left-handed shot with a very high hockey IQ. Uh, his compete level's through the roof, and he's got an excellent release um, mentioned by one NHL scout as NHL you know, top-line release ready. Uh, he was sank in the OHL this year with 111 points um, and only 61 games uh, because, granted, he remember he missed seven games when he was trying out for Team Canada uh, for the World Juniors. Uh, he ended his season with 26 points during a 12-game point streak, which is just phenomenal. He's a center, uh, but also has been pegged to be able to play the wing at the next level, but, you know... We, we have to, we'd be remiss if we didn't address that the Sabres are hurting for center. We hope that, who's the guy, Cousins can be the answer. But I don't think it hurts to stockpile skilled centers that can play the wing. That's my answer. Cole Perfetti, he's ranked six, so he's right in that wheelhouse of three to six. Uh, hopefully he's still on the board for us when we pick. That's me. What do you guys got? Uh, for me, man, I personally want Byfield. Um... Guy's a horse. Physical just, just because, and here's the thing, man. I think Cousins is the future number yeah. two two center of this team. Um, but by but Byfield, he the guy's huge. Like he's everything you want. Your prototy- pro- prototypical center. And the thing is, you don't have to start him off at center to start his career because he's a help now player. You can put him on the wing and let him learn from a from a season center, or not even a season center, but just a center. Um, I, the, the, just the guy just has everything you want in a prospect, and I'm excited to see what his game has for the NHL or what he has it. And then obviously my my probably my next pick, I, you know, Cully kind of stole my thunder, and I've mentioned this on earlier shows. I love Cole Perfetti so much. The guy is going to be an absolute stud out of Saginaw. Um, I don't know what you have, Ty B. I know you kind of want to chime in there. Um, just I'll tee you up right now. So I'm I'm gonna go away from North America a little bit here. Love it. Um, I would I would love if Byfield's there, but I don't know if he will be. So to me, I'm looking to Sweden. We need help on the wing. Uh, give me Alexander Holtz or Lucas Raymond. Holtz a little bit more of a goal scorer. Um, put up a little bit more points in his time there in the SHL. Raymond, a little bit more of a two-way guy, plays left wing, holds, plays a little bit more on the right wing. Uh, I think you can get. We need we need help on both sides right now. To be honest, yep. um, 
we, we need scoring, you know, no matter where it comes from. If you can get that from either of those guys, they both played against professionals, against men. Um, Holtz has put up a little bit better numbers than Raymond. Uh, I think he's gotten a little bit more playing time as well, so that might also lead him to it a little bit. Um, when you're looking to SHL numbers, it's a little bit tough to, you know, sort of guess where they're going to come directly into the league. But those are both guys who aren't small. They're both, you know, right around six feet, um, about 200 pounds. They can play an NHL game immediately if needed. Um, I think, you know, you'd give them a year. They're both perfectly seasoned after getting a, a year in the North American game in Rochester and they're being able to contribute immediately um, and giving you sort of, you know, Victor Olofsson production, but not having to wait until they're 24 years old. You get them a year out. Here's the thing with me is, I, and I agree with you, I love really any top-end prospect that comes out of Sweden because people, maybe some people who are kind of ignorant to it, that league is fucking legit, the one that Olofsson came out of. You're playing with men. You're not playing with boys. You're playing with men. Um, the speed is faster than I'd say the OHL. Um, larger ice. What league? The DL? The, the Swedish elite league? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. There's way more skill. You got older players, the bigger ice. They're men. They're men. They're, they're fucking man child. Um, you know, anything that comes at a league that's a top end prospect, sign me up for that, man, because it's, you're hard pressed to find guys that come out of a league that aren't successful. Well said, boys. Well said. Um, to finish this off, we are going to be revisiting next episode. For all you Office fans out there, um, Dwayne is going to be posting uh, on our Twitter account and his own Twitter account his top three Office episodes. Ty B, you're going to be doing the same, correct? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, for sure. For sure. So what we would like from you, we are going to have a showdown where next episode we're going to take Dwayne's top three and Ty's top three, and compare them to the fans' top three. So please, all you listeners out there, feel free to tweet at DwayneS39, at Two Goalies One Mike, at KidCully33, and Ty, what's yours? At Ty Buffalo. At Ty Buffalo. Tweet us your top three Um, Office episodes. It would make it a lot easier if you just figured out the title of the episode. But we would love to... uh, What we're going to do is all of the guest entries, we're going to compile whoever, whatever episodes had the most. We're going to use that as the fans' top three. And then I'm going to be the the judge here uh, because I'm unbiased. And I'm going to let you present your case. Ty, we'll have you back on to present your case. And uh, we really look forward to that. Hey, real quick, Ty, you mentioned it earlier. Um, I'll give you one episode, and I'll take one episode. What was the say the episode you mentioned earlier? Oh, Diversity Day for sure. Um, oh yeah, man. I, I, I so I, at Brock, while I was at Brockport, um, BJ Novak came, did a little stand-up set. No shit. Big Q and A. Um, so a lot of the questions obviously revolved around the office. And he and Mindy were, you know, two of the head writers for the office. And that was, you know, one of the questions that were asked. Um, Brockport is a big um, communications journalism school as well. Um, a lot of people, you know, wondering stuff like that. So someone asked um, one of the his favorite episodes he ever wrote. The first episode he ever wrote, Diversity Day. And that has to go down as one of the best episodes of all time. 
um, I believe season one, is it like episode two or three, just just absolutely hilarious. Michael Scott trying to lead, you know, the <laughs> entire crew through through a diversity um, seminar. It's just it's just ludicrous as as you can imagine. Um, for me, and I wouldn't say it's my favorite, but it's really high up there. Is definitely the dinner party. Um, was it with Jan? Jan and like <laughs> when they have them over, have everybody over. They have uh Pam. Oh, when Michael breaks the TV. Oh, the, the three hundred dollar plasma screen TV. She fucking just throw. What, what did she throw at it? Wait, throw it. Did she throw one of his Dundees at it? Oh, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, dude! I piss myself every time I watch that fucking episode, man. And it's, it's such a small. It's just such a small TV, and you're like, I'm watching it's like, it's like, three hundred fifty dollars, like sixty. What the hell? Who spends three hundred fifty dollars on that TV? And like, it's on a. The best thing is, it's on a swivel TV mount yep. on the wall. Like, are you kidding me? And then the Hunter CD, the the, the assistant of hers, oh. and she's just the way she dances to it. Like, I'm mimicking it right now, and she's just like up against the stereo, just like, oh my god, man, I piss my myself every time i watch oh, that I fucking I, yeah, episode I can't, I can't wait to put my top three together oh dude. i think this is going to be electric content um just a sneak peek coming up next episode we will be taking a deep dive into the sabers classic games that we've been seeing so oh, um yeah. we uh we'll, we'll give you more information for that but uh Please, uh, we had a great response for the Ask Dwayne, Ask Cully, Ask Ty segment today. Um, our show is so much more fun when you guys give us that. Uh, we got a lot coming next episode, but going back to the Sabres Classic Games, tweet us tweet us your favorite one, and uh, we'd love to do a breakdown of it. Um, one of the ones is, is Hashik 70 Save Shutout. I know that's, that's Dwayne's, one of Dwayne's favorites, so we'll be looking at that. Uh, and then also, we'll be doing a deep dive into a potential answer for the Sabres goaltending situation next year. Um, really, really great show, guys. We covered a ton. Um, and, Ty, I can't thank you enough for coming on, man. You're a fucking beauty, and you bring, you bring it every single time we have you on. So, love it, man. And we I really know, appreciate it. And I know you're struggling, man, because there's nothing to bet on right now. But I will say this. You want to yeah. bet on how many beers I fucking... You know, chisel out tonight. I mean, I, you, you. What's your over I'm under? I'm betting the over. I'm, I'm, I'm betting the over. I don't. I don't. I'm at five right that. now. That's such a safe uh, bet. These IPAs are really hitting me hard. I'm surprisingly Ty. I'm the responsible one right now. So, and that hardly ever happens. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm interested to see where he gets to tonight, especially since WrestleMania Part One is going on. Oh. Like. You got it. You got the boneyard match tonight. It's gonna be. Oh, buddy, I buddy. Wait. I hope you're. I hope. I hope you're. Hoping, I'm just hoping Dwayne's not the one that ends up in the grave. I'm just hoping it's not Dwayne. But, buddy, I hope you're gonna like do the pause with me, and we'll we'll we'll, we'll stick with this match for match as soon as this is over with, because I'm gonna tee this up the second we 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 log off here. I can't fucking wait, man. You you need to go live. I'm going to go live, and we're going to fucking create some fire, baby. I can't wait. Six to midnight, as Cully would say. Boys, uh, thank you both. Well, Ty, thanks again for joining us. Um, folks listening at home, uh, please continue to do the right things. Stay safe. Stay at home. Um, stay at home. 
we can only do this if we do it together, all right? This is not a time to be selfish. If we all just contribute and do the right thing and, and not go out for non-essential things, please stay home. we can save lives. So please do the right for, thing. Especially for the essential workers. Save lives and we can also get sports back sooner, not to be selfish. No, hey, but you need you need something better, but, buddy. Exactly. I want to <laughs> play some street hockey. Like, I need to get a job eventually. No, but hey, please do the right thing. Stay at home. And what better way than to tune into some great content from your fellas here at Two Goalies, One Mike, and our boys over at Trainwreck Sports. Uh, they do some dynamite stuff. Um, Ty's an absolute beautician, yeah, as you've heard. Oh, yeah. Hey, who's your favorite in that really quick? I'm I'm absolutely crushed. The Buffalo Creek Casino lost the playoff game against Sunsets over Lake Erie. Um, I'm absolutely yeah. devastated over that. I had I had them making an absolute Cinderella run to the Final Four, but um, I think I got wings there. Uh, I got Food Truck Tuesdays, a huge staple of my life. Um, I got one question I don't know, for I'll you. My last one, but it's it's just absolutely unbelievable. Get over um, on on Twitter at. At Trainwreck Spurts, we didn't have enough uh, room for the O. I love it. I love it. Hey, one quick question, though. I was a little little bit offended, disappointed, I don't know what the right word is, that Hamburg really wasn't represented in there. Yeah, so what do you, what do you guys got? <laughs> the, ham, the, Hamburg, the Hamburg Tower isn't... The Hamburg Tower isn't painted the Hamburg yet. Or no, Hamburg. I was thinking more along Hamburg, the lines yeah, of Man Mosers. Man Mosers, J.P. Fitzgerald. You know what? I'll give you a pass. So, Clearly, so a Northtown bias. Few, yeah. Well, the very. I, I won't lie about that because I'm the only South Towner that's like a part of Trainwreck, and my South Towner-ness is like being in South Buffalo, like not even South Towns. Um. So yeah, that is definitely a big part of it. But the places we kind of picked were that are actually. Um, in it are, you know, the few places that are sort of all Buffalo, you know, representative, um, whether it's like Paula's Donuts. Um, no, you guys you guys did a dynamite job, man. I'm just busting of, your balls. You know, doing a good job of getting, you know, all of Western New York involved, involved in their customer base and can make a big run in this tournament because we don't want anyone who's just going to get in there and fizzle out in the first round. Like, let's get these places to make a run for themselves. Let's get them, you know, a little bit of pl- support some small businesses too. You know, just people exactly. helping people, baby. Exactly. People helping people. And I will say this. Exactly. I will. I will say this. Uh, two goalies, one Mike is a huge supporter of small businesses. Between Mitt's Barbershop, a barbershop owned by my one of my best friends from high school, Justin Better Biscuit. Gritsky. Better Biscuit, who is doing some phenomenal work with uh, coronavirus. They've actually stopped all production of their products in order to help supply masks and other supplies for hospitals. Yeah. Like they literally just give them like 20 shout outs. Yeah. They've literally stopped production of their own products to help get masks and other essential supplies to hospitals, elderly homes and first responders, which is fucking huge. And I've already been informed that going forward, they're going to do some more huge giveaways with us. Between Easy Goal and more pucks, it's going to be huge, guys. And I know you guys love those pucks. We had a huge um, response when we gave away the Better Biscuit pucks, the passer and the shooter. Um, expect more of that. And, of course, I, I know I shared that picture in the Crossing Swords group chat 
uh, the easy goal that's going to be done multiple times. We all know we miss the net when we shoot in the yard. Well, the easy goal is there to retrieve that puck or ball for us. So, um, huge. I mean, I cannot wait. I cannot wait to have them on. I I believe hopefully we can get them on for episode 10. So, um, huge shout out to Better Biscuit. And then obviously the biggest fucking shout out to Trainwreck Sports, baby. Train never fucking stops. Never stops, baby. Uh, all right, I'm on beer number six. And uh, he's about to shut it down. But, hey, no, seriously, he's once going, it, He's going, no, he's going overtime tonight. Oh, no, he's, he's getting... WrestleMania. He's, I'm definitely he's going overtime deep. tonight. No, but seriously, Ty, thanks again. Big shout-out to our boys at Trainwreck Sports. And then again to our sponsors, Mitt's Barbershop, and the guys at Better Biscuits. And we'd be remiss if we didn't, you know, recognize that uh, Better Biscuits will be teaming back up with us for another potential giveaway. Yep, they've already confirmed it with me. So we'll be announcing that next show. Guys, we really hope you enjoy this one. Ty, you're a fucking, you're you're a heart trophy finalist in my opinion. Jimmy Neutron, beautician, baby. Wow, you butchered that. (laughs) No, hey, but without further ado. I've already started drunk WrestleMania, guys. I'm sorry. (laughs) That'll do it for us. Um, For Ty B, for Dwayne Steinel, I'm Johnny Cullen. We love you guys. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and we can't wait to see you next week. Love you. This podcast is brought to you by Mitt's Barbershop, created and owned by a true friend of the program, Justin Gritsky. Mitt's is a modern-day barbershop that provides a cool atmosphere featuring some of the greatest barbershops Buffalo has to offer. Come in, enjoy a free beer, play some video games, and get the best haircut in the area. When I asked Justin what sets Mitts apart from the evil chain super-duper cuts that we see at every intersection, his answer says it all. My vision was to create the only true barbershop in Cheektowaga. When customers walked in, I wanted them to get that feeling they got when they strolled into the barbershops of old, the golden era of what a barbershop meant, not just a place to get your hair cut. So if you're looking for the real deal, come on down to Mitts to get the real feel of what a true barbershop is and what it's supposed to be. The clear-cut top dog for all your haircutting needs. Look no further than Mitts Barbershop. And when you mention that two goalies and one mic sent you in, receive $5 off your haircut that day. Talk about customer service at its finest. Located at 3461 Genesee Street in Cheektowaga, It is located right next door to the 33 Speakeasy Bar and Grill. Their phone number is 868-1424, and their hours are Monday, 12 to 6, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. On Saturday, they're open from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. and closed on Sundays because why not? Everybody deserves a little Sunday fun day. I want to finish this ad read off by reading a great testimonial from one of Mitt's loyal customers. Tired of the cookie cutter salons trying to get your attention? Also tired of those men-focused salons? Then when you leave, you feel like you just visited a Supercuts for Men and the haircut isn't any better? Then Mitt's is the place for you. Great cut, very professional, great atmosphere. A great place for men to get cut and trimmed up. I'm honestly a little sad I'm only visiting Buffalo because I need something like Mitts back home. You heard it here first. Come on down to Mitts for a great cut. 
and an even better experience. We're happy to have them as a sponsor to the show, and we hope you join us in finding out what makes Mitts just so special. Thanks again to Justin and all the hard work him and his staff do. And without further ado, we'll kick it back to Two Goalies, One Mike. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent. Almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.